Black people and everybody in between, we are here for another episode of the Jigsaw Podcast. I am Josh Rogers. I am Brian Hare. And we are two favorite, friendly, neighborhood Casa Negroes here to talk about how we put the pieces together. But particularly, we talk about the perils, the praises, the productivity, and the pump of circumstance of being black and religious trying to figure this thing called life out. But before I ask Brian how he's doing and he tells us it's a great day to be black, mm-hmm. we have... He ain't really a 50%er, so he can keep celebrating after <laughs> 2015. But his complexion lets us know he got some real no good ancestors in his lineage. Our brother, right. Chris Moore. We talk about him a lot. His name comes up a lot on this yeah. podcast, and he is finally here. Chris Moore, welcome to the Jigsaw Podcast. Oh, green eyes nigga. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, y'all? It's good to be here. Chris Moore in the building. Light skin Huncho, oh. a.k.a. Well, that's all they call me. They call me light Well, they don't really call me that, but I'm light skin Huncho in my mind. Okay. Is the <laughs> light skin huncho like because of like, is it like th- Drake themed? No, it's because I um, stole it from Quavo. He mm-hmm. called himself left hand huncho. And I said, you know what? I'm going to call myself light skin huncho. And here we are. Oh, it's an Atlanta thing. Mm. He's from uh, Atlanta. Well, just like Usher, y'all bringing the A town to the world. To the world. <laughs> bringing the world today. <laughs> oh. Brian, how are you, brother? It's always a great day to be black, man. Yes, it is. In the yes, land of the living. You have on a full Cap of Cypher Turn Incorporated jacket. Listen, Satin. <laughs> listen, the Nuper Bowl just happened. So we oh. are. Oh, okay. Oh. The new, That's just, a rename. New name, Nuper Bowl. The Nuper Bowl just happened. So we are we are in we are in here. Listen, when Taylor Swift becomes the owner of the Chiefs, none of that stuff is gonna happen again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> she's looking to take over. This was Super Bowl. How did y'all enjoy the Super Bowl? Did you watch the whole thing? Was it something that y'all did? Did you celebrate? Did you plan a party? I did not. I don't mm-hmm. enjoy Super Bowl parties like that. Um, I am somewhat of a uh, sports freak, so I like yeah. to hear commentary. I like to enjoy the commercials. Sure. I also didn't want to be in an environment where the halftime show is going on and people are up singing and dancing. I want to enjoy the moment. Let me enjoy mm-hmm. the moment. So I, I chilled at the house, me, Kiana, and Kari. Okay, same. Uh, we we had just got back from DC, so we missed like some of the earlier preliminary stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I, I had to make because you know you gotta have food for the Super Bowl, so I had to go into the cabinets and the fridge and the freezer to see what I can make to get put uh, some type of Super Bowl dish together. Okay, so, uh, did that. Um, Brooklyn had her iPad, but she was talking through the whole. The whole thing. Mm. Um, in the bed, eating this this platter of, of Super Bowl food that I made, and Brooklyn was just talking. What did you make, man of God? Um, Come on, spray it. Mozzarella sticks. Okay. Uh, made uh, um, <laughs> at a wedlock uh, meatballs. Okay. Uh, baby shower meatballs. Mm-hmm. Baby shower meatballs. Um, cheese uh, cubes. Um, <laughs> what did I make? Uh, I um, the charcuterie board. Uh, mm-hmm. Something uh, like Chick Fil A nuggets, oh. Chick Fil A nuggets, um, chips and salsa, like dip, um, and I think some other stuff. But I just put it all together. No, it was only three of y'all. You made a spread for fifty, nigga, and they ate. They ate. They ate all of it. 
Like they could, they ate all of it, so we were good. Can we moonwalk back to the Chick Fil A nuggets? Did you buy them, or are they Chick Fil A inspired nuggets? Chick Fil A inspired nuggets. Okay, okay. Yeah, so it wasn't so Sam's Club. Yeah, Sam's Club. Yeah, so that was Sam's Club. <laughs> Put the things in the, in, the, in the deep fryer, not air deep fryer, the air fryer. Yeah, and we were we were good. So uh, we had something to eat during the Super Bowl uh, watch party. No, so we pretty good Super Bowl. What about we you? did party food too. Um, mm-hmm. Baby shower meatballs, Rotel. Yeah, we ain't had um, it. That's yeah, what we're we, missing. I'm from Memphis. We're going to add some Rotel. Reg- <laughs> a regular chip and a, and the lime, henna lime chips, because I actually mm-hmm. don't like the henna lime chips, and then some pasta salad, because I'm fancy. Mm-hmm. And um, a pineapple Fanta, because I'm black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's that, what it was. That checks. Yeah, yeah, but we only got one. So I went to the Krokers, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was just about to get a small mini case of Sprite, which we always do. Yeah. And I rolled I roll past the display, and maybe it was for Super Bowl Sunday. And they said, you buy two cases of Coke or Pepsi or mix and match. You get three free. I said, now, you don't do no special like that. So I got five cases of drinks. So you buy and two one, and buy, and buy three free? Yes, you buy two, get three free at the Kroger's on Sunday. Wow. Somebody had an overstock. That, that is a deal. That is <laughs> a that's, deal. The, that's the same deal they had around Christmas. But they ran it again this past Sunday randomly. Wow. So wow. we got two Sprites, two ginger ales, because that's medicine. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, our novelty drink was the Pineapple Fanta. And I put my kids on Pineapple Fanta. And as black as they are, you would know. They love pineapple. I'm sure. Of Fanta. I'm oh. sure. I don't even like pineapples like that, but a pineapple Fanta? They hit. I'm when sure. it's cold? That first, it hits. Their first uh, taste of it. It mm-hmm. burns your tongue. Mm-hmm. All up in. All mm-hmm. up in. Um, Brian, did your fam- was your family upset that the Niners lost? I know you said that... Um, uh yeah 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 we um there were a good delegation of my mm-hmm. family members mm-hmm. who were uh, in mm-hmm. their feelings mm-hmm. for the Niners loss you know mm. so it happens but my God. Yeah, it is what it is you know my, my I, pastor's I was preaching a, a series called Get Out Your Feelings so I I'll send you the link <laughs> it's okay I'm not in my feelings I was <laughs> rooting, at first I was rooting for the 49ers but then I realized that Patrick Mahomes is a black quarterback okay mm. and my brother-in-law shout out to Scott <laughs> Roberts mm-hmm. basically said that Patrick Mahomes is the only quarterback that could probably take down Tom Brady as the GOAT. So mm. now we got I'm rooting for Patrick Mahomes to get as many championships as possible because he's more mm-hmm. talented than Tom Brady. Got more mm. skill than Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. But now he needs the hardware to kind of compete with that Tom Brady GOAT yeah. uh, argument. So now I've been hearing in the in the comment sections of the internet that he'll never be the GOAT because the two opportunities he had to beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, he could not do it. That, do that you think true. that will impact? I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm oh. for or against it, but do you think that will impact his goal status? It, it will. It will impact. I think it's going to impact. That's going to be the argument. Is oh, you went up against Tom Brady and you didn't. You didn't win. That's yeah. going to be the. That's going to be the argument. However, if we just look at the tape, I mean, Chris, you you work on sports shows. Josh, you're a sports aficionado. If you look at the tape and you just look at Patrick Mahomes' skill, mm-hmm. like he can run, he can pass. He has the same killer instinct in the fourth quarter two-minute drill as Tom Brady. Like, in terms of like, athlete, as far as quarterback, yeah. Patrick Mahomes is clearly the better quarterback. Like, sure. He, you know, it's now it's really just long longevity. It's longevity. My, my response to that would be <clears throat> Eli Manning beat Tom Brady in the two Super Bowls. That was in Does the comments. The that right. was in the comments, too. Right. So, so yeah. And he, you know, people and, just be talking. Yeah. The way that I've settled those arguments, <clears throat> that's your opinion. Yeah. Just like now the conversation with LeBron and Michael Jordan, LeBron's my goal. Mm-hmm. Michael can be your goal. We don't have to argue about who the goat is because it's all subjective. Mm-hmm. So. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. And we can we can celebrate 
both. Uh, but however, uh, in this Black History Month, we're going to celebrate Patrick Mahomes being the goat because he's the, he's the black man. <laughs> the oh boy. And his, daddy, his daddy's a whole nigga. That he uh-huh. is. Well, let's skip right on over Pat Mahomes. <laughs> Fried, Fried chicken. chicken. <laughs> oh. Uh, and and I, was, I had a hard time rooting for him because of that. Like, But then on the other side, you have the, the white quarterback, the good old boy white quarterback, the good old boy white running back, like the tight end. That, you know, it, was <laughs> just, it was just say, tough. It was just tough. I will say I appreciate Purdy's story. I the do. Mr. I do. Irrelevant. That's a, you know, that's a – that's 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 money. Mm-hmm. That's sellable. Mm-hmm. That's and sellable. It's all about a story. That's market. Mm-hmm. Listen, that's marketable. Mm-hmm. And Speaking of, they have a yeah. player called Debo. I was just about to say that Debo, Debo is, Samuels. That blesses mm-hmm. me. That blessed me. So that's that I, man's name. So I would have been okay with the 49ers winning. I would have been okay. That's with that man. man's name, Debo. <laughs> His mama did that. Okay, so speaking of Black History moments, yeah, we're gonna do a culture code, Brian. We did it last week. We did we some did. this or that type of stuff. And this one, I want to switch it up. I want to do some this or that, but I want to do it with black characters. All right. Okay. So it's gonna be a little nuanced here. Um, I think I already know the answer. This, but I'm gonna ask it anyway, so it can be on the record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First unviv or second unviv? And this for Christopher or who is this for? It's for both of y'all. Oh. <laughs> First on Viv. Like it's it's not even not even close. Okay. Chocolate and Viv. Chocolate and Viv. All right. Mm-hmm. They're gonna get a little oh, first on Viv. I told you when <laughs> when when new when new on Viv came, Nikki skipped five years of his life, all that stuff happened, the whole show started just going down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. It gets a little harder. Ready? Mm-hmm. Tracy Ellis Ross as Joan or Tracy Ellis Ross as Rainbow. Ooh, Rainbow. Mm, why? <laughs> Um, <laughs> she was in a. I liked her in the wife role. Okay, uh, and um, like the it, the doctor, but also at like the mom. Like I mm. liked her as a mom, who is kind of like a jigsaw mom, like trying to figure it out. Like you mm-hmm. are a whole doctor. Come on, jigsaw. Went to a, went to a whole <laughs> Ivy League school. Mm-hmm. You are in upper class, uh, middle class, upper class. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you, your life is just in shambles, and you have like four kids. You don't know what's going on, and you have to deal with this crazy husband. So I kind of like that, uh, kind of more mature, mature Trey Ellis Ross character. Okay, Chris, I'm gonna go with Mom uh, Rainbow, just okay. because I didn't watch girlfriends like that yeah. to <laughs> have a dog in this fight. Yeah. So it's super tough. I love me some Joan Carol Clayton. Mm-hmm. I do from girlfriends. I do. She was super erratic as that character. She was all over the place. And I, I hear everything you're saying, Brian, about her being the mom, the mother. Mm-hmm. Well, mom and mother, same thing. The mother, the wife. Yeah. The um, she was a she was an elitist in terms of her profession in both. Mm-hmm. In both. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to go girlfriends because I appreciate the show more. I'm gonna say it that way. Yeah. I can see the show, that. show more. Last it's one. It's the same character, though. If you think about it, she's kind literally of. the same. Character. It's like the one who got married. Yeah. Although Andre Johnson was a terrible husband and father, but that's a different <laughs> conversation for another. The worst. Day. All right, last one. Okay. Mm-hmm. This was, has been having the girls in a tussle across Blue Ivy's internet. Okay. Tisha Campbell as Gina, or Tisha Campbell as Jay. That's easy for me. I know you're gonna say Jay, Chris. Yeah, I'm going Jay. All, all of this. All <laughs> of this. <laughs> I feel like she really blossomed in that role. I feel I like agree. she needed Martin in playing that role in Gina because Martin like pushed her 
to be mm-hmm. this free-flowing mm-hmm. comedic type uh, action. Not to mm-hmm. say that's her focus, but to open up more to show that comedic side of her. Yeah. So you already know for me it's Jay. Absolutely. Brian? Uh, that is, that's a tough one because it's, mm-hmm. it's, again, it's a, it's a similar character, but it's like like a, a, an evolved version of... She grew up. <laughs> yeah, she grew up like she, she's like the mom and, and it was kind of like... left Martin. Yeah. <laughs> Moved to Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, like so... Ooh. Mad another goofy dude. Yeah. Uh, not as toxic. Not as not as toxic. Not as toxic. <laughs> <laughs> not as toxic. Yep. toxic men on these shows are toxic, yo. Um, oh, this is really tough. While you're thinking, I'm gonna go. I'm, this is gonna be a shocker. Do you know how I feel about my wife and kids? But I'm gonna go Jay because she got to shine more as an actress. You got to yeah. see yeah. her yeah. more of who she was as a, a human in that character versus to Christmas point. She was kind of just like. Martin's girlfriend and eventually Martin's fiance wife and then eventually not there because of she was gone the whole last season. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, sexual harassment. Oh um, my god. Allegedly, allegedly. 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 <laughs> allegedly. Do not sue us. Allegedly. Dude, please do not. They are friends now. Allegedly. Uh, I feel like she had more moments on Martin. Like, you know, the like the headboard thing. That was funny. That makes sense. <laughs> The Biggie episode. The big, yeah. That's uh, exactly the, what I was the, thinking about. Singing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> you got the push. You got the push. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Gina. I'm going to go Gina. I'm okay. Gonna go Gina. Yeah. I thought of one more while we were thinking, while we were yeah. doing that. This was not officially on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to go Gina's best friend, Pam. So, Tashina Arnold as Pam or Tashina mm-hmm. Arnold and Everybody Hates Chris? Pam. Junk in the yeah. trunk. Yeah. I'm going. <laughs> I got to go Pam. Yeah. I also wasn't a big fan of Everybody Hates Chris. I wasn't a big fan of that show either. Was, her mm-hmm. role was dope, though. But that, that my husband my husband got two jobs. <laughs> she always quit that. <laughs> and the threat she gave her children, that inspired me as a parent. Right? So there's a, she, oh, has a special, she has a special place in my heart, right? <laughs> I will, I'm going to knock you into next week, and you actually see the young Chris getting knocked into another week. Uh, like, that was epic television. Yeah. Can, I, <laughs> can, I, can I throw another question out there? Sure. Who was the better wife? Beth? From This Is Us, or That's, that was Sterling K. Brown's wife, right? Yeah, Sterling K. Brown's okay. wife, or Claire Huxtable. I'll answer that one. Uh, okay. By default, I'm gonna go Claire because I didn't watch This oh, Is Us. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of defaults here. Um, <laughs> that's tough because I feel like and I'm gonna tell you why I think it's tough. I feel mm-hmm. like Claire, while we saw her as a wife, mm-hmm. I think she was more positioned as a mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we saw her be a wife, of course, mm-hmm. and we saw like moments her and Heathcliff had, but her, all of her like classic moments were her mm-hmm. as a mom, like going to have big fun, <laughs> um, all the, all of her, when she was checking, um, uh, Sandra's um, husband before yeah, they got yeah, married, like it Elvin. was from a, that was yeah. from a, Elvin, it was from a wife's perspective, but also like to her daughter's fiance, you know what I'm saying? It was mm-hmm. almost like mom, it was like, you know, so everything was kind of like mom. Yeah. Um, and even when she did her guest appearances on a different world, it was from a mother mentor. Yeah. So from for that alone, mm-hmm. I'ma say Beth. Because yeah. we saw Beth function more as a and it's interesting the dynamics of that. She was a mother through mm-hmm. and through, yeah, but yeah. her role pronounced was more wife in This Is Us. And she deserved her flower for being an amazing wife. Like she was a great wife. Wife prototype. She like was great. Beth Beth was she was great. Chef's kiss. And I love that. I can't remember <laughs> Sterling's character name in the show right now. It's Randall. 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 There mm-hmm. it is. Randall. They were a great example of black of a black couple. And I love that they gave him a black wife. 
Yes. I'm glad that, that because of his adopt adoptive background that they like he didn't go marry a white like he didn't even date he a white woman. He was intentional with having a black woman. Yeah, wife, he didn't was, even date great. a white woman. So yeah. I love I love that story arc. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great show. Amazing. It's, it's not show. a black show, but oh it is a great show. Chris, oh. if you ever have some I know the striking stuff is over. But if you ever have some time and want to get in an emotional bag like you did with a million little things, this is us as one. Know, that's my show. Yeah. I know. Whew, that's great. That's another good black couple. Um, Rome and Gina, Roman, the, 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 the support, the emotional support. The, oh, oh. Mm. And they both had so much trauma, and the way they support each other and love each other. They but they the didn't bleed out on each other. They that did. was the other thing. They oh. adri- they handled their trauma. They support. They supported therapy and all the. Oh, I, I so gotta beautiful. run that back. I gotta so, run it back. So too. beautiful. I gotta <laughs> so run that back too. And they were the same. And they in both in both shows they were like the the folks that had their stuff together on both. Yeah. Shows. The black couple. As, their, as much as they could, I was about to say, and they still had a whole. They were still, they were still falling apart, but they were the most together. Yes, <laughs> the most together. The most together. <laughs> All right. Well, it is time for song of the week, and it is my week. And if you're listening to this podcast right now, you're listening to it. We're recording on what is known as Valentine's Day. Um. So, in honor of Love Day, you know, Brian is. Uh, scowling at me, I feel it. Uh, 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 <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. okay. You know? I'm gonna take a guess and say that it's definitely something with Jodeci. No, you don't have to guess. You can just <laughs> live right there. And this has absolutely been in rotation for me the last um, week or so. Um, it is a great. It is off their um, their debut album. And it's um, the first song. It is the first song. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The fact that you know, best friends know things. Like this. We'll go right there with it. I would sing it, but I'm not in the best mood. JoJo starts this off. You can have my Thank you, Lord. That's so good. Yeah, slow grind. It is so good, y'all. Yes, you're my desire. Harmonies, my nigga. Oh, thank you. Yeah, excited. For the things that you give to me, just take my love, baby, because you are so dear to me. Whatever you want. <laughs> That's so good. That is so good. <laughs> Sing the song. Let me just let me just get to the the crackhead of the group. Uh oh. <laughs> Singer, singer, singer. What the harmonies, bro? He's in the squall. <laughs> I'm done. Ooh. I'm done. That is why. Okay, what y'all, what y'all new people say? Jodeci is the greatest R&B oh, male group sure. of all time. Y'all for can sure. ride. You can have that voice to me, and you can cry. <laughs> you can do all the things. I want me some thug and be. I want a big and a leather vest in the, the end of the road if you want to, <laughs> brother. That is that is so for y'all who don't know. That is my heart belongs to you, um, Jodeci. 
Man, it's such a great song. Brian, shout out it to Brian. Is. Sent me the TikTok of um, Casey actually recording that in the studio. Mm-hmm. So it's just oh, it's it's like dope. raw vocal, man. It's, it's raw so vocals. Good. So, oh, good. so good. I really wish he didn't have a drug problem because that preserving that throat and letting that mature a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to see them in Vegas. I'm going to see them in I their residency. I dislike you. I, listen, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't care how bad it is. I'm going for nostalgia's sake. I am going to their residency, and I'm going, to sing, I'm going to sing. Because I know it's going to be cheap, too, relatively mm. speaking. Relatively yeah, speaking. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's not going to be the Usher prices. It's not going to be the – yeah. it ain't going to be like what Beyonce is rumored to be in Vegas and all those different kind of things. Um, but that being said, I'm still accepted. Brian, you ready to head on over to Bless Report and talk about some black excellence? Let's get it. Let's go. Yeah. All right, we're here at the Blessing Report. We shout out black folks doing great black things. And Josh and I, and now Chris here, we don't just celebrate black people doing Black History Month in no. Juneteenth. We celebrate black people all year long, 24-7, 365. Nigga 4-7. I mean, just <laughs> niggas for life. Um, so this week uh, is a very special week. Normally we bless up like a business, yeah, um, a CEO, yeah. A, a product. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But this week, we have to take our time uh, mm-hmm. and really celebrate what the goodness of the Lord is. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and this week, Usher, Usher Raymond, the mm-hmm. first, the fourth. What, what, what numbers you Chris for? Four. Mm-hmm. Usher Raymond the fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a you know um, a concert. And, you know, during this concert, around the concert, they had a football game that was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and he started out the, his concert, uh, and he was, you know, doing the things. Then he jumped on stage and brought out the noobs. He brought did. out the noobs. He did. And I was like, oh, you were building this up. Oh, he the joy it. that came <laughs> over my soul. Yeah. yeah. I looked up to the sky, and I saw a diamond with ten... <laughs> Ten my men, my God, just my God, waving down from heaven, just my God. smiling over the banister, sp- even <laughs> over the banister. Yeah, just just saying achievement, right? My God, just just saying achievement, giving us saying yo to the good brothers. My God, um, uh, is Javier Hill Roller uh, from Kai's chapter, uh, mm-hmm. Spring Seventeen, and for those mm-hmm. that don't know, Kai Kai is uh, Boston University. Mm-hmm. Uh, and brother Daryl Hill, Kappa Beta Spring 18. So they came out there and. As a side, Kappa Beta University of Memphis. Shout out DJ. I'm Hill. sorry. I know that yeah. brother. Um, <laughs> so these, these brothers were, were vetted. They're in good standing. They are, yeah. you know, in our great noble clan. In good standing. In good, hey, listen. Got to be in good standing. Well, we don't know, Brian, if they are in good standing because that means that they financially paid up, but we can't. I am not here to attest that fact, but they represented well. They represented Because I ain't in good standing. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. You'll be in good standing before the end of the month, right? We we'll praise the Lord for the reclamation. Um, so, <laughs> so they they represented uh, the Noble Clan so yeah. so very well. Um, yes. it, it did my heart glad. I literally. My nigga, I've been watching the the the, the um the concert like over and over. Have you now? I have. Um, and the the joy that Time overcomes my soul hands. when they jump up when the canes. Yeah. And they're just giving us all. And even Usher did a shimmy. You know, we can talk about that later. 
Uh, Usher did the shimmy. He, he, he you know, did. did all the things. It so wasn't quite a shimmy, <laughs> it but it was. He shimmy. got. He tried. He got down there. Yeah. He tried. So let me ask you this: That yeah. is that because of the way he did it. Is it respectful enough to where it's like we're not going to judge you or y'all not going to judge him? So there was some debate in the community. There, there was. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think because he didn't actually like roll a shoulder, he, yeah, he, he got he down. Go he went like a. He got down and just kind of got down there. And then he actually didn't stroll with them. It was like that one little moment that he went on yeah, to his thing. He I think the, that, that was probably that's a conversation what, beforehand. That's like, what hey, saved him. <clears throat> yeah, that's and, what saved him. Yeah, and he didn't really shimmy with the noobs. Like he, we were we were already down there, and mm-hmm. then he kind of looked back as we were getting up. Then he kind of did the, he did the look the leg kick kind of like hollow back kind of thing. But it mm-hmm. was, it was you know, it to me. I did not take offense to it, but there was a debate offended. in the community um, yeah. about it. Um, you know, and all the honorary conversation was, you know, was to me was funny because mm-hmm. we don't do honorary members. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But listen, if you know, there are certain people out there that if we had some, I would, you know, uh, you know, never mind. We don't talk about that. No, no, we're not going to even we're do that. We can do that. We don't do that here. Uh, so, bless up to uh, Brother Javier Hill Roller. Uh, and brother Daryl Hill Jr. Are they related? Are they are they kin? I think I don't think so. Okay, I don't think they're related. Nope. Hill is a black name. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. the White Hills. <sighs> Neither uh, do I. So other than that, uh, in the re- in the bless up, did anybody import? I mean, import anybody <laughs> of the culture of our culture? <laughs> Somebody important. <laughs> But anybody of our culture, they was important away? to somebody. Somebody. No, none of our legends have none died. None of our legends have passed away. As far right. as we know, they're still here. So what did God do, Josh? He stayed the hand of death. Patty LaBelle is still screaming. Stevie oh, Wonder God. still blind and finding themselves at pianos. Like our legends, like Gladys is still riding on midnight trains to Georgia. They are still here. <laughs> they're still here. By the they are still God. here. And it what is, is what by the grace of God. Yeah, I am still here. Mm. Twinkie is still I, here. Twink, Twinkie is still Albertina is still here hovering around. All right, not too much on Twinkie. <laughs> not too much on Twinkie. Did y'all see Jackie mm-hmm. on uh, Instagram? Jackie mm-hmm. said, "I'm a clock. I'm Jackie. Of course, I'm a clock." <laughs> Where Denise? Where Denise? So let's mosey on down <laughs> to the Billboard. So um, a messy man, Franklin, and we ain't talking about Seven? Kirk. Finally gets a seat at the table. Apple TV just dropped a trailer <laughs> for an all-new Peanut special centered around the one and only black character on the dang on show. And if mm. you remember the Peanuts movie, he always sat on the opposite side of the mm-hmm. entire crew. But this time we hear we see the backstory, the origin story of Franklin. And at the end, he sits on the same side as the other Peanuts. So shout out to Martin Luther King's dream came true. Listen. They would not be judged by the color of their skin, <laughs> by the content of their character. And he was friends with them hunkies all that time. And Listen. he finally got a seat beside him. Right? Got a um, seat at the table. He got a seat at the table. Shout out my Solange. Um, <laughs> well, shout out my nigga Gucci. It's always a great time to shout out my nigga Gucci. Oh, shout out my nigga Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of black influencers, that was just kind of a note. Oh, other thing of note. Yeah. It's Valentine's Day. It but is. it is also the day that God gifted the world the Morehouse man. So on this day in 1867, oh. I thought Morehouse give us something good. No, it was a, oh, <laughs> I almost cussed. I almost cussed. 
Uh, almost. <laughs> it was founded as ABC. <laughs> Um, but it is Morehouse College right here on the red clay hills of Georgia. There is actually a clip. Let's just do this from one of um, Chris's favorite people. Um, he's very probably much. Probably means is one of my least favorite. Oh, no, no, it's I one of my black... favorites for real, for real. Oh, okay. You know, he's, he's, he's very much. He's very much theologically unsound, even in this oh. clip. Oh, but Lord. we will we will let it happen for the sake of this conversation. Here it goes. Here it goes. Biblically, there is three Morehouse men by the name of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego <laughs> who found themselves in a fiery furnace and all of their community didn't think they were going to come out alive. <laughs> but you knew that they were Morehouse men, but you can tell a Morehouse man, but you can't tell them much. And they made up in their minds, no matter what happens, we're not going to bow down. And King Nebuchadnezzar looked in the fiery furnace and said, we put three Morehouse men in, but on graduation, day I see four more house men coming out if you don't believe that example I remember 2,000 years ago of a consummate more house man by the name of Jesus Christ uh, they hung him high and they stretched him wide he hung his head and then he died but three days later like any good more house man he got up with all power in his talk that talk Jamal <laughs> that is a stretch. It's a that stretch. is a reach. It's a stretch, but that but that it class of two thousand whoever was good, I would have been going stupid at that baccalaureate <laughs> service if that was me. So shout out to all my brothers across the world from Morehouse College, uh, HBCUs everywhere. I suppose what today's about Morehouse. So, um, speaking of me, and I don't think he has a degree. Keith Lee um, oh. is a food critic. He has a degree in TikTok, and um, he goes around and he goes to these different cities. He tries to food. Blase, blase, blase. And as of now, he's on the Keith Lee Family Food Tour. His most recent stop was in <laughs> Dallas, Texas. So he went to this food truck in Dallas, Texas called Sweetly Seasoned Food Truck. Now, mm -hmm. there's so much to be said about the name of said food truck, but many of y'all, grandmamas, uncles, cousins, got food trucks with stupid names and the food be hidden. So we ain't mm -hmm. going even, to even hit on that. Because I went to a food truck called The Black Taco. And there was some Negroes cooking Mexican food. And it, was, <laughs> it was a soul food Mexican fusion situation, but it was good. We got um, a slutty salsa in uh, Memphis. See? And there's a slutty vegan right here in Atlanta, right? And that stuff ain't nothing healthy about it. It's just, it's just not just, meat, allegedly. So, um, so when Keith Lee, Keith Lee did what he did, he came, tried the food, rated it one through ten, um, all that different kind of stuff, and he gave the company four thousand dollars of a tip. Mm -hmm. Now he was very specific on what how he wanted the tip to be divvied up. He said two thousand dollars for the owner, a thousand dollars for it was real black. There was a braider on site braiding in the parking lot. <laughs> Niggas. It was also a barber on site cutting hair in the parking lot. So a thousand dollars to the braid, or a thousand dollars to the barber uh, for them to braid hair, for them to cut hair, and then he gave an additional eight hundred and fifty, sixty-ish dollars to the food truck for her to give out free food for the rest of the day. He ended it by saying, "You can distribute this in any way you want." Basically meaning, Zelle, Cash App, whatever, whatever. Just give the money to him, but this is how it needs to be given. They went on ahead and interpreted that as you can do whatever you want to do with the money. <laughs> right. Which is problematic to me because if I just told you how I wanted to be given out, I'm not going to double back and then say, oh, but right. do what you want to do. Right. right. Distributed means it's like just however, you know, the means in what which you want to give it out. Yeah. So social media went dumb on them. She said she wasn't giving her no money. They wasn't with us, blah, 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 blah. After social media went dumb, they got a lot of negative backlash. She tried to give the money back. She said the girl will come up here and tell the girl to go get her money. ABC one two three, the business has suffered so much so that she also got on TikTok and said, "Hey, 
we had to leave early. I've been up here for three hours, and <laughs> ain't nobody came and got no food. So the Keith Lee effect also worked in the opposite. Keith Lee got on the socials too and yeah, clarify he what he said. Say he don't think he was, you know, unclear. Most of us were not unclear because we're mm-hmm. intelligent human beings. Right. Um, so thoughts, concerns, fellas, about the Keith Lee effect. Number one, but also too how this woman fumbled the blessing that was put in her hands. Chris, we go for it. Mm-hmm. I love Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love what he's doing. He yep. definitely has weight in the community. Yeah, um, for sure. I would almost say <laughs> it's almost reminding me of Malcolm X. Like he's <laughs> no, got way he's too much power. power. <laughs> <laughs> that's a and lot of power, that, yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of power for one man to have. Um I think one thing that we're seeing with Keith Lee that people are way too trusting, um, just in his opinion. Um, because if he says something is not good to him, people just like that place is nasty. I and real quick, there. pause real quick, Chris, mm-hmm. and no fault of his own, because he also nope. said this is my experience. Exactly. It's like he he gives a lot of qualifiers, right? Yeah. So Absolutely. I just want to throw that out there. Go ahead. He also yeah, he also sure. say you go you give it a try and see you for yourself. So even mm-hmm. even if he said he don't like you, he would say you go go there anyway, and mm-hmm. and you exactly. So he don't be like, oh, this is nasty. Don't go there. Yeah, yeah. So, my sorry. experience of you. <laughs> Um, she did from the neck back. I love that. Exactly. <laughs> that's a black history moment. <laughs> and that's the thing. It has to be based on your experience of said establishment. Yeah. Um, but as far as this particular situation, um, it's just a shame because it it's crazy because you ask God for a blessing and then sometimes you're just not even prepared for it. Because mm-hmm. if she would have handled that blessing correctly. Uh, and I'm not even going to say that she had, she mishandled it. She just misunderstood. Oh, she mishandled it. She mishandled it. <laughs> but she also misunderstood it. True, true. Like, at the end, he did say, do what you want. But he's also said all these qualifiers. That's when you come back for clarity. That's that's effective communication. Like, hey, I know you're giving me this money, but let me make sure I got this right. And I think that's where it's a twofold issue. Like, I get it. Uh, she definitely mishandled the blessing based on her mis- miscommunication and misunderstanding of the situation. And how and how easy would it have been to just come back and say, you know what, to say that, even if she did. Like, you know what, Absolutely. I misinterpreted it. You know, y'all come get y'all $1,000. I didn't want to keep this. Or to be like, hey, we need the four grand, but now that I'm looking back at it, I read it or I re-listened, mm-hmm. blase, blase, blase. Bro, right? that money already spent. <laughs> I know, I know. And But my thing is, but she was so... She lacked humility. And she like, I told her, come get her money. You just, just come get it. Like... But my, apparently they said that he said he left some money for so she could give out free food for the rest of the day. Yeah, so I said she but gave out. So he gave the two thousand, then additional like mm-hmm. eight fifty ish, eight sixty for mm-hmm. the, and she only gave out like three more meals. Yeah. So even even so even if she gave them folks their money, mm-hmm. she still didn't do what he asked her to do. You know right. what I'm saying? It's kind of like half half hearted obedience. Like not saying keep this God, but using it as an example. Like like the Lord be like, hey, do this. Doing mm-hmm. a portion of it is not like obedience. See, we can come from block our blessings by doing like a portion of what God say to do, but not doing like the whole thing. I mean, there's Bible stories that are like that. I don't want to go too much into that, but just the idea sure. of like if you know, she's kind of showed her greed mm-hmm. through through and through, and it, like not saying she blocked her blessing, but she low key kind of like she delayed it she delayed it you know what Listen. i'm saying because uh, apparently he said the food was like was hidden like it wasn't like bad food so it's like and you already know people are going to show up 
based off of him saying this place is dope. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you would have made that four grand back plus easy. So and now easy. You, and now you shut down. Now you shut down. Or going back to where you were before, like just barely getting customers or whatever, and yeah. then people are not coming because of this situation. Because I, I, from what I understand, there's a piece of place in Vegas where he lives, um, where mm-hmm. he first started off. They've now just they've created a um, a uh, what's the thing? What's the thing? Luggage, a luggage room mm-hmm. in their restaurant because they be that people be coming straight off the plane want to try this piece of oh, wow. Wow. or going like on their way to the airport. So they've like there's they, a year later they're still having this same impact wow. from Keith Lee and his reviews. My only beef I with Keith it. Lee mm-hmm. is not really a real beef. I want to know what a ten out of ten is for him because he's rarely given one. I've seen this man literally, like, moan. Salivate. Not on, not on him. Like, I'm going crazy and be like, mm, yep, ooh, that's, oh, ooh, this Orgasm. is the best chicken I ever had. 8.5. I'm like, like what, nigga, what, what's, what what's a 10? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is a 10? Like, he be going, I mean, eyes rolling in the back of his head, moaning, the music. I'm like, what is a 10? Right. Like, that'd be my drip, only thing. Drippy dripping off of his lip, like, oh, yeah. oh, the best thing I ever hit to look at his wife. Ain't that, ain't that good? Seven and a half, like nigga, like what? Like yeah. And I've heard his wife and sister and mom in the background give stuff a ten or nine point eight or something. But mm-hmm. that dude be like, even if it leave it, I think the highest ever game was like a yeah, solid nine point one. Like what? Like, what's the other nine point nine? Right. <laughs> you know what I can't stand? What? The ending of the video with the peace sign. His fingers are kind of short. His fingers are kind of short too. It's it's, right. it's 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 spectrum. It's like not yeah. shading or anything like that, but like he sure. definitely gives like on the spectrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've actually to a podcast say all humans are somewhere on that spectrum. It's just a matter of how deep we are, whether we mm. want to admit it, things like that. It's a yeah. Really great show. I'm um, sure. Anyway, What's... um, oh, I, I'll tell you offline. Um, <laughs> speaking of people with big effects, our queen. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Texas Bama herself. Bow down, bitches. Beyonce, the diva. You ain't no diva. Her husband got on that stage and told the whole Grammy Awards, you ain't no diva. Yeah. Uh, but Botus, as she said in her commercial, Barbay, okay, mm-hmm. she came out during the Super Bowl and said, I think they're ready for music. She gave us all these hints. And when I tell you, niggas was going to Apple Music, Spotify, Title, all the places, refreshing, I'm, I'm researching. I'm niggas. I was like, it ain't here. I'm it niggas. I am niggas. That group chat was alive. And within <laughs> and within the hour, she gave us two songs, 16 Carriages and Texas Hold'em. Texas Hold'em? I ain't going to hold you. I, either Beyonce got a chokehold on me, but that Texas Hold'em gets me. I worked out to that thing last night. The funny thing Te- is, I like Texas Hold'em more than I like 16 Carriages. And I know people in the opposite. It's dope. It's a good song, man. It's so good. So anyway, the girls are going crazy. Beyonce, we can, what I've noticed and I have some some of my TikTok people I watch and students are confirming that the Renaissance era is the reclamation of the originality of blackness within these music genres. So she did it with the dance Mm -hmm. and tech music in the first one. This one, they're doing it with um, with country. So I can only imagine. I mean, it just needs to be girl groups. It's just got to be girl groups. It's just give us. <laughs> I'm holding out hope. We should give us a gospel. Um, if Beyonce goes gospel, when I tell you these girls will be upset. When I tell you these, these girls will be upset. I, I don't think she will, but I, that would be. that would be. Beyonce, y'all remember Beyonce at that Stella's performing with Michelle. <laughs> she, she that, was, would be a, that would be a spin, though. Think about that. Was, that. that was the, that was that would be interesting. But be interesting. I don't think white people ever claimed gospel. Mm-mm. Um and I don't know what else is out there. 
I didn't say I don't know what else is out there. Rock and maybe, roll. Maybe if she gave us rock and roll. That's that's been the other rumor that because Tina be, Turner, because mm-hmm. Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. And y'all, I don't know if y'all know this about me, but on Formation, my favorite song is "Don't Hurt Yourself." That guitar riff, all that. That's my favorite song on Formation. Mm. Lemonade. Oh yeah, on Lemonade. My <laughs> it's okay. It's, we black. It's a, we, we black. Knew. We be changing stuff. That's we just knew. That, we knew. That's just like uh, uh the show with Tommy. We don't call it Force. That's Tommy. That's y'all Tommy. watch Tommy, Tommy, right? So no, we got it. But no. So uh, are y'all gonna go into your Beyonce country music era? I know. I know my. I know my young nephew already got cowboy boots. Chris, you gonna get you some father son kind of situation? <laughs> uh, yeah, we gonna be in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was at Cavenders yesterday. Like. First, I, I got on the cowboy thing and doing Kari's birthday party. So I was in there, and, and and Chris was like showing me around the boots and stuff like that. And I said, "These is about as much as Jordans, but they was they was fly, <laughs> they was fly." And then all the black cowboys showed up to the during, uh to the party, and I said, "These niggas Bro. look cool." I said, "Let me get with cowboy boots. Like, let me let me start on these niggas." And then Beyonce, I'm getting me a big buckle belt. Me, me too. I want to do all the things. Tucking them in, cut off sleeves. I mm-hmm. right. You gotta get you a cowboy hat. They like 50 dollars $50 or more. I want it, but they work. Them cowboy has. Hey, I look good in that one. I want to go to rodeo. I, yeah, I think I feel like we. I feel like we would look hella swaggy too. Like I feel like the rodeo. I'm we pulled it you, off. It goes. Um, Bill Pickett, black rodeo. Every year is a child. When every year is a child. They going. They coming to Memphis this year. They have two shows this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll be up there. Um, black rodeo is dope, man. I feel like we should. I feel like we should pull up. I feel like we should pull up. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to do that. It's gonna be good. Now that one, I'm wearing all the things. I'm wearing all the things to that concert. I miss Renaissance, the first world tour. I ain't missing the second one. I can't miss this one. I ain't mm-hmm. missing the second one. And I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm. I'm putting a little bandana around my neck. I'm doing all the things. I'm all doing the things. <laughs> yeah, Listen, string thing. Bolo. It's a bolo tie. A bolo. <laughs> a bolo tie. <laughs> Beyonce is helping us learn stuff. Let me let me call my boy Thrash and get him, tell him to give me a uh, give me a, a vision board so I can put my fit together because that because he low key already dressed like a little a little cowboy. So I need I need Come my boy Thrash. Board. Thrash, I'm looking at you. Help me with this outfit, brother, because I I'm I'm, I'm gonna do it. All right. Um, I got something else I want to say about Beyonce, but I'm gonna say that for the greater conversation. I'm looking at you, Azalea Banks, and your bad skin. But I'm gonna move on to oh. the next thing. Oh. Shay Shay and Mike Epps. Unk. So we had a beef between the first the girls were beefing. Now the uncles are beefing. <laughs> Uncle Shay Shay, Uncle Shannon, and Mike Epps. Um, Mike Epps got on stage doing a comedy. Um, I don't want to say it was like one of the special, but one of his comedy sets. And he got on there and basically said, Shay Shay called him. He said, No, my dear, I ain't coming on your show. <gasps> Shannon took that personally. <laughs> Shannon took that personally and started and start venting all over. And the best part about Shannon's vent. Was Ocho Cinco? Ocho Cinco said, "I'm lost, but I'm with you." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm with you. <laughs> Stay with me now. Stay with me now. <laughs> yeah, now that's I'm a so that's the, this episode is if you're looking at the side of this episode about Black Brotherhood, Ocho Cinco is the kind of brother trained to go. I don't know what's going on. I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to shoot. I'm ready to do whatever. I'm ready gonna to do, do whatever. Thing. We're gonna do it whatever. Um, do you think Mike Epps crossed the line, or do you think Shannon overreacted? Oh, comedians don't do comedians have a line you know what i'm saying like says they do <laughs> which yeah. which is tough because it's like they're supposed to make jokes and say things that are like you know funny to people you know what i'm saying but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so and then also i've been told like you can't 
police somebody's reaction to what they feel is like disrespect. So you can't say like sure. overreacted. You know what I mean? So I kind of feel like he could have crossed the line according to Shannon, but sure. you know, in, in terms of like comedy, like you're supposed to be able to say because it's not coming from like a I don't think it was coming from like a malicious place. It was coming from like a a comedic space. Um, yeah, Chris, I know you're a comedian. A, a comedian, like you, like you're like a comic guy. What do you What are your thoughts yeah. about that? I believe. So from what I understand, Shannon didn't care about Mike Epps saying that he was gay and calling him a dia. He said he's heard that all his life. Mm-hmm. Um, he was more upset about being lied on by saying Mike Epps saying I uh, Shannon called me. That's mm-hmm. where the issue was was mm-hmm. for okay. Shannon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my issue uh, with Mike Epps is that just because someone is zesty, it doesn't mean that they're gay. Um, and that's popular in the black community. If someone is of, quote unquote, your definition of feminism, all of a sudden you just label them as gay. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. my understanding is you're gay if you choose to be with someone of the same sex. That's mm-hmm. my understanding of what gay is. <laughs> Not defined by certain things that you do just in life. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's where I took issue. Uh, but th- that's more of a bigger um, conversation. As far as Uncle Shannon goes, uh, Unc, uh, I believe he was fine in, I, I believe he was okay in defending his thoughts and his beliefs. Uh, but I also think about Mike Epps, I think he wanted to be in that in that news rotation. Because what would make you just come out and talk about Shannon? The thing is, you know, Shannon Sharp is going to talk about it, and now you also have free press now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that that's what, that's how I'm looking at it. I'm seeing it. And then, even later on, the response back from Shannon after him and Mike Epps had talked, it sounded like Mike Epps wanted to make this a comedy thing because he because Shannon said, well, Mike was trying to make this a comedy thing. And like when we get together, we should record it and all this stuff. And Shannon's like, no, you could have did that from the beginning by just mm. coming onto the show. We could have promoted you. We could have done some good things. We could have had good, clean fun. But no, you you messed that you messed that up. So that's where mm. I'm at with it. Yeah, that makes sense. Though. I remember after the cat joint, uh, Mike, his whole thing was like. I wish you would say something about me so that I can kind of get some shine. So I got to that point that makes sense, bro. Like, what are you doing? Like, and I, and I got, think that's what the whole pass. joke. I think that's what the whole joke was even intended to do, right? Exactly. I think there have been some commentary um, about how sometimes comedians don't always tell the full truth in their jokes, For sure. and that's just what that was. And I think, and that's why I'm not gonna say that Shannon overreacted, but knowing that per, if I wasn't offended by the Madea coming and knowing their perspective, I think I would have just called it out. Be like, well, technically. The nigga DM me, and then you know, and that would have just been my my response, and let the internet yeah. have do what do what they wanted to do with it. Um, but you know, this whole we gonna meet in the in the, at the NBA All Star Weekend and have a man to man. What is there left to say? <laughs> what like what is there left to say? Like have right. this conversation unless y'all and Mike talking about I don't box no more. You know, I do the blank 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 blank. Mike, you're not gonna get anybody to shoot Shannon Sharp. No, that's not right at all. There. No. And if something does happen to that man, you know you're going to jail immediately, right? Because you're on the internet saying that you're you're making all these windows. So let's <clears> let's stop. Be down there with YSL and, and Young Listen, Thug and all them. With a with fan, fan, Fannie Lou Hamer <laughs> down there in Fulton <laughs> County, she arrest, she getting all the Rico, she getting all the Rico. Oh, Fannie Lou Willis. <laughs> 
Or <laughs> 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 in her boo. Sick and tired of it. Sick and tired. And her boo that she hired with no criminal defense experience. But that's another podcast episode for another day. Oh, uh, she getting that man paid. Um, with that being said, let's do the next That concludes our billboard. We're going to go into the living room and have this great conversation around exactly what you're experiencing on this podcast. And that is black brotherhood, the dynamics of it, two dark skins and a light skin, just all the things um, that <laughs> two, make what our is it, Two honks and a negro. What is it? The thing, we, that song, that album I told you about? Two honks Brother, and a negro. This is your story. <laughs> I don't know, Brian. I'll, I'll look at it. I'll tell you about it. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna go back to I'm gonna go back to uh, Jim Crow, and I'm gonna call myself Paper Sack Brown. <laughs> Ryan can be dark skin, and Chris can be Abu Lotto friend. Excuse me, Big Lotto male version. Um, so we're gonna go, come come to, come to the living room. Grab your snacks, grab your drinks, grab your water, grab all the your your beer. You know, since it's a brotherhood conversation, whatever you need, grab it. Come to the living room, and let's have this conversation. That's it. It's about love. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for sticking around for the living room. This is the most important part of the show uh, where we kind of get down nitty gritty, have conversations. Uh, and we have, again, as you know, our brother, friend in real life, uh, a podcaster, aficionado, mm-hmm. sports aficionado, all the things. <laughs> I mean, right. Uh, he's celebrity he, podcast producer. Call it out. All the things, right? Mm-hmm. The resume mm-hmm. is too mm-hmm. long even to even even uh, uh, to go through. Uh, but he is our brother. He's our friend. We've been friends for over 15 years. I want to say probably longer than that, right? Closer um, to 20 than 15. Yeah, we've been we've been down uh, for a long time. So well, we closer to 15 because we didn't all, we didn't start off that well. God didn't see eye. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, I could see eye to eye because I could barely see the man's eyes, like right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we look at each other, but whatever. So he is our brother in, in real life, uh, yes. not just in in word, but also in deed. And it made yeah. only perfect sense that uh, we would have our brother uh, to come on and talk about Black Brotherhood, which is extremely important in this time in this climate. So let's get the the the, the thing going here. With the first question is, um, what is your definition, Christopher, of friendship? Mm. Mm. So. Um, Friendship. I was doing some research when y'all sent me the docket. Come I thought we were going to talk about the uh, Franklin and the trailer. I thought that was going to be a little discussion. Um, I never really watched Charlie Brown, but I did watch that trailer. And one of the quotes that I grabbed from that trailer was, um, let's see. Oh, I pulled it up right here. You found home when you're surrounded by friends. Mm-hmm. That's what friendship means to me. Are we home? You found home. We're home. We're home because sometimes home can be peaceful. <laughs> it can be a little uncomfortable. Yeah, it can be a little tight. My God. But it's still your place Whoa. of comfort. It's what still a little about, <laughs> tight, like tension. Oh, <laughs> <Okay. Whoa. laughs> hey, you're crazy. You're crazy. That's wild. <laughs> that's wild. Um, but that's what it is. It like. Sometimes the house requires maintenance. Uh, so sometimes friendships require maintenance. It's like, hey, we ain't hung out in a minute. We, we we just need to go chill out and just, you know, be brothers, be mm-hmm. friends, hang out, grab a drink, uh, share some laughters. Beyond, like, typically for the most part, when I come to Atlanta, it's like the couples get together. Mm-hmm. But then it's those moments where we can actually branch out and just be ourselves and not have to be the husband at the moment. We could just mm-hmm. be ourselves. We could just hey, be Rocksteady. roles. There we go. And um, mm-hmm. that's what friendship is to me. 
um, it, it, it's a place of peace. It's a place of home. And I'm sorry I was laughing, but I thought you were going to give us like a Jay-Z quote. Be like, oh, what Jay-Z said, and then just kind of go up into some Jay-Z song lyric that, you know. You, you, wouldn't, you I, wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that. I would, actually. Because, you know, I, I know lyrics. <laughs> I know lyrics. So that's so a great shady. definition of so shady. of brother of friendship. I would I would tend to tend tend to agree. Um I think friendship brings solace. It brings consistency sometimes in spaces where it's not consistent because you don't cuz because they're not romantic in nature, right? So I think the expectations mm -hmm. of them are different, but the but it doesn't take away the depth um what we would consider, you know, in a literal sense the intimacy meaning closeness right of those relationships um and how we navigate them how we lean on them sometimes and you know depend on them to kind of help us navigate through i'm not gonna say that we're been real churchy but help us navigate through um some of the, all the stuff we talk about at the beginning of the perils to praise all that kind of stuff of, of life um and without that level of consistency in friendship and building community right something that we talk about pretty often here um i don't know I think life will always be worth living, right? But I don't know that it will be as enjoyable without those who who, who are closest to us. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Life is worth the living because he lives. Just but, because he lives. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I think kind of we say it all the time like about the puzzle pieces. We say that the puzzle pieces, like, we're, we're great without you, but we're greater with you. And I feel like mm -hmm. within friendships and stuff like that, especially I can say with, without a shadow of a doubt that I'd be cool, but my life is greater Mm. Uh, by knowing you two and being in contact and relationship sure. and fellowship with you all, <laughs> I am Chris Moore. <laughs> These, oh, arrogant niggas! <laughs> Don't let my confidence in your insecurity. <laughs> what did, what did uh, Richard Penniman say? He said, "I'm not. I'm not conceited. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. I'm convinced." Uh, but but I, you know, but yeah, I think friendship that is is the thing. It's, it's an, an elevation of of who you are of yourself and talking Come on, elevation. Uh, no verdict. So with that being said, <laughs> with that being said, what would you say, um, how was this experience for you? Because I know we've all worked in corporate America and been around non-blacks. And I don't know if I'm you could. My God. <laughs> my God. I don't know. I don't I, I don't know that I have like a true white friend. I got a, I got one who I would consider to be like a friend. But mm -hmm. like, how was how was the, has this definition changed for you? Or is a perspective different as a black man? Um, do we consider friendship to be something deeper, right? Um, as opposed to maybe as we've experienced or seen through other cultures. White friends and black friends are totally different. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. White boys, you know, the joke is like you get drunk around a white boy, he'll stick a carrot up, you know, my do God. Like crazy stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, my God. They do the weird uh, something like that happen around black people. You just pass out on the sofa. <laughs> Ain't nobody gonna do nothing to you. They gonna take pictures of they you. They gonna probably. take a picture of you sleep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's about it. But even mm -hmm. like in an everyday life, they're just different. Like they have a different humor, a different. It's, it's weird. I tried to have a white friend before. It just did not work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that sounds so funny. <laughs> I tried to have one. It was like, it hey, didn't work. We're friends. Work. I, try, I tried it. I tried it, bro. It worked. George Floyd happened. George mm. Floyd was murdered, and mm -hmm. that friendship dissolved real quick. Um, where is, the white, is that the white boy who used to be always in your Facebook comments? 
Mm, no, not that one. Okay, Ooh, that one. That's not that, that one. Going forth. <laughs> I almost said his name. Devil's um, ad- playing devil's advocate here, and it's like, okay, all right. <laughs> Don't be no advocate. Just be the devil. I, listen, because in my DEI stuff, when people said, I'd be like, so which demon are you advocating for? You have to <laughs> bring it back to him. But yeah. Um, but yeah, like even with black people, I think there's just community. Um, I've heard you talk about uh, Josh with technology and community, how you've been in different spaces. Um, and you in new spaces, let me say that in new spaces. Yeah. And then there's always this cohort of black people. Uh, and you just kind of find yourself navigating to them. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure yeah. on all of our jobs, um, when we work in these mixed environments, as soon as like somebody black gets hired, it's like, Hey, oh, black person, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, let me put you on game. This is what they tell you about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's what you find because what I find with the other communities they be dry snitching. They like to Nigga. throw you up under the bus. Nigga. Like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Like, Nigga. we're supposed mm-hmm. to be here. We're supposed to see each other. Yeah. Now, I don't even want to see you at all. Get out my yeah. face. Yeah. So it's, it's just a difference. Um, it, and I believe it's just centered in culture. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. To that point, I think uh, even with like black relationships, like y'all, y'all are Uncle Josh and Uncle Chris. Like, mm-hmm. like Brooklyn literally believes mm-hmm. that y'all are like related to us like in terms of like <laughs> my brother or something like that like so yeah. like but that's that's how i think black it's more like chris says more like community it's more like family where i don't you know i have a a, a white friend um from like middle school that we, we used to stay in contact with but i've never been like oh that's like my brother you know what I'm saying? It's, you know what i'm saying brooklyn don't even know who he is like it's it's never like that kind of like love a, saying a, bro Ugh. adoption kind of thing like it's not and like it's the that. way they say it too bro yeah. So it's, it's just to me, it's just interesting how we kind of differentiate and put people in different categories based off of like the mm-hmm. friendship. Because it's I think it might be everything's always rooted in slavery. I'm not saying this is what I read or anything <laughs> like that. But I feel like sometimes we, we, we kind of have have had to. If you sold my brother, then I got there's another I got to kind of get another brother. there. You know what I'm saying? Like, so we, we've, we've created family and spaces, you know, where it may have been pulled out. My, that, that, that's wrong. No, no, no. You me. wasn't. That wasn't wrong. I'm just. I just imagine. Like, okay, they saw Chris. Let me go get me another one. Let me go. <laughs> 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 no. Put like, me on the block. Wait, I would be on the block. They, they didn't. They didn't auction them off. I would be auctioned off. Would I? You. 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 You'd be valuable, brother. You, you could. You valuable. Out, yeah. You in the house, no. brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You in the house. You good. <laughs> I would be a Casa Negro. Literally. Yeah. In all meaning of the word. All right. So in that, so understanding um, like the nuances that exist between. Well, let me take that back because we talked about the difference between having black and white friends. But what are some of the nuances specifically? Let's, let's go back to go forward for a second um, mm-hmm. that you think exist between black men as friends. I would say for myself, um, it's become nuanced in the sense that. I've learned how to become an open book and not be a part of what society deems as what a black man should be as far as a friendship goes mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to that point. Like I've expressed my emotions openly to y'all. Like there's okay. been situations that have happened. I have no issue like telling what I did, um, how I'm feeling about something. Um, if I felt like I was in the wrong Okay. Um, or if it's just venting, just getting it out my chest or getting it off my chest. Um, I would also tend to say that I am the strong friend. Um, I'm the one that's 
I'm, I'm I feel like I'm pretty much like checking in, making sure people are good, uh, doing check ins. How you feeling? How the family? Yeah. Um, so that's how it's become nuanced to me as a black man. I think I've really grown in that space of just um, being open and communicating more efficiently and effectively. Mm-hmm. No, I would I would agree. I think for me, I think the nuance being a black man and navigating black community among other men is the shared experience. Right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably, just probably typical in just like black people connecting anyway, right? But it's something about navigating life with another black man, specifically like if we think about our friend circle, right? We're all, well, we're not from Atlanta, but we've spent a significant amount of time in Atlanta, right? Like my formative years as an adult. So there's a connection of understanding and growing and evolving as the city evolves, right? Um, We were all at the same church, right? So there's a dynamic and culture that's centered around that. And now we're all married. We're all fathers, right? So it's one thing to have like a best friend or a friend who you can just relate to. But it is another thing, Mm -hmm. I think, to have a best friend or a friend who's not only you can relate to culturally, but then there are so many personal intersections as well. So adding the concept of being black to that makes it, you know what I'm saying? Like you have a, you're raising a black son. The same way I'm raising two black sons, right? So some of the same conversations I'm navigating, um, like I think for keeping it with the son, like the conversation I'm having about puberty and sex and stuff, it's going to be different than what our white counterparts will have with their sons, right? I ain't got this, like I'm, I'm sure Billy them, Ain't got to tell their sons, you know, <laughs> watch out for that black girl, right? Versus we be like, hey, that white girl said, like, you know what I'm saying? There are so many exactly. things, like, there's a cultural nuances that we have to, and I think that kind of, that bonds us in a, in a sense. But even though just on a more positive, fun note, like, we, we mentioned Rocksteady. Like, when you were here last, like, just the fact that we were going crazy over, you know, Rich Baby Daddy. Right, you know, that's my I song. Think, right, but I think, but I think, just from a cultural standpoint, like I wouldn't have been able to enjoy that moment with, you know, such Man, and such. That you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. It wouldn't have been the same, right? But it, it was like without us even ever being around each other when that song was on in person, it's like we almost reacted the same way. And I don't know exactly. if it because we've been friends for so long or it was just that. But but something about it made that connectivity even stronger. And it's like okay, these are the important moments. These are the what I like yep. to call life giving moments. Right, I like that. and um, yeah, and life in 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 black friendships, particularly among other men, because I don't know that we we are always given space to be as free. We talk about black boy joy, but I don't yeah. know that we're always free to like really have that joy and to sometimes see that. Like even when it comes to guys trips, people like to think of them as raunchy and we're doing this, we're doing that. But what about if there's just space to exist and live and enjoy and bro. You know what just, I'm saying? Like, just be, in peace. just be at peace, and not to say that we won't like do some some, some Negro stuff, but to, but but right. to also to suggest that like, nah, we just like we decided to do this, or like even if it's in the city, we decided to go out and like that was a dope night, no debauchery, no no ill motives, no anything. Hanging out with my brother was what I needed. It was like again life giving, um, and for me, that's the new ones. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know that I've ever felt, and it could be, but just because I didn't grow up around a lot of white people too, right? But I don't know, even in corporate spaces or even when I was in high school and was cross-cutting with other high schools with different demographics of people, that I even felt comfortable, yeah. right, really exploring all that comes with my blackness and expo- not to say that I ever diminished myself, right, right? but being in a space where like, it didn't feel like if a, if a, I don't know, if Usher's Yeah came on, right, I want A-Town Stumper with you ain't the same as A-Town Stumper with 
Exactly. You know, so you know what I'm saying? You see, you feel me where yeah. I'm going? Yeah. So because the thing is, they may not even want to go with you because it's like, well, because the thing is, if they go with you, because then you have to essentially acquiesce and go with them to their spot, and it like that fist pump of music, it's cool for like five minutes, but after that. I'm good. I'm tired of doing all this, and and then of course that whole vibe is just different. It's different. You're gonna have a smoke machine going, smoke coming everywhere. Like, nah, I'm good on all that. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Like I said, it's cool for like five, ten minutes. After that, get me out of here. It's cool when they do it. It's a problem when I do it. Yeah. And I don't want to necessarily. <laughs> and I, I take that to heart in a lot of cases because. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel when I've been around white people, I've been friendly with white people, and the one person I was considered like halfway a friend. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. I don't get the same. I don't. I don't get the same fuel when he and I hang out, do coffee, catch up. Like it's like we have great conversation, but it's usually always centered around the experience of how we met. So we met at yeah. work, and we've remained, you know, casual, cordial. Really cordial, mm-hmm. and we've met up a couple of times since we lost, lost left that job, which is why I would consider him like some tier friendship. Because when I leave a job, Josh leave everybody <laughs> gone. Josh leave except the only person who ever stayed around was my current supervisor, who I've came I've come back to that company. Um, but outside mm-hmm. of like that one person, like I don't I don't be keeping no follow. We may we, we may have followed each other on social medias after I left, but that is the extent of that. There's no need for you to continue wanting to be my friend. We were friends for lunch, right? Um. Oh, you, but you cruel. No, I mean, it's just the thing. Like, th- think about some of the people you've met, right? Some yeah. people, not everybody. Mm-hmm. If it was not for their job and whatever, would you have been their friend? That's and what point. was your, and yeah. even, and even during your work tenure with them, right? What was the relationship after you clocked out? That's a good point. Cause I yeah. was definitely the guy that's like, I don't hang out with coworkers. Yeah. And I got like, again, I got like one or two people who I did like a, I ain't gonna say a private happy hour, but I would be like, let's do because like one of my homeboys at Habitat, we went to Morehouse together, had a lot in common. We don't even hang out mm-hmm. often, but like it's very few people that like were co-workers that I would do that with. So that was like, so when I leave the job, like we went to lunch together because we worked together. Like we didn't right. do anything. It was it was strictly between work hours. Anyway, I don't want to go down too much of that. Oh, you mentioned something, Chris, though, that was to me was critically important when you talked about how you're able to express your feelings. Um, with your friends, you're that person to be honest. How was it? How did you get to that point? Was it always like that, or did you feel like you had to grow to that space, specifically with your um, male friends? Um, I'm an only child, as y'all know. Um, so it was something I had to grow into and just understand. Yeah. Um, and I think, to much of his credit, um, one of my former pastors, um, mm. he taught me, you know. He showed me a side where you can be a friend to people um, and learn how to trust that friend. Um, So I essentially had to learn how to trust enough to even be able to be open and learning that if I'm open with you, just know that I'm being completely vulnerable. But then you could also... You can also read the room, read the room to see, okay, I can trust this person with this. It's essentially like giving a person a test. Like, hey, I'm going to tell you this. Um, I can uh, I can make assessments. I don't like to say I'm going to judge you. I'm, I can make an assessment on where we go in this friendship based on how you respond. Yeah. If this comes up later on in the future, if you're going to use it against me, those are the ways that I've learned how to um, maneuver in my friendships. I can maneuver like who I can talk to about <clears throat> this issue, who I can talk to about that. Yeah. 
hell, I may even just bring the issue to the group chat and go from there because mm-hmm. now that group chat has more people more instead of just that one person that I'm talking to. Yeah. Um, so that's how I've learned um, how to grow into the friendship, especially with um, males. So that's interesting that you brought that up. Has the group chat, was that a facilitator of safety or was that something that you needed to establish individually with the members so that you could have that whole group experience? I would say a combination of both. Okay, um, how? Combination of both just because for me individually, if I built a relationship with you, I uh-huh. can pretty much determine how you would maneuver and feel about different things. Um, I could determine essentially your thought process mm-hmm. even before I ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as a group setting, uh, it's a safe space just because okay. I know in that particular, let's say, for instance, our group chat. Sure. Um, I could throw something in there. It may get responded to. It may not. But at least I got it out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if um, I put it out there and I don't get no response, yes. well, I'll take it to an individual <laughs> chat <laughs> and um, talk it out from there. Interesting. Interesting. So what's what's ooh, you got my brain going. So that 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 takes me to okay, this is gonna be a side note, but it's still related. So within the group chat, I think me and Brian talked about this in uh, some previous episodes last year mm-hmm. about the power of group chats and things like that. Um, are there rankings? Like, you know, Deion Sanders ranks his kids. Are there are there rankings in the friend? Do you see all of your friends equal, all your male friends equal? But <laughs> but they but they provide, you know, but some provide different levels of expertise and needs, or is it like, nah, I'm clearly closer to this person versus that person? And it, maybe not just in the group chat, but just across the gamut of your friendships. Um, with people we are all Tom from my space we have we we all have our top eight we all have a top eight <laughs> we all have a top eight I'll okay. answer it like that <laughs> I wasn't trying to I wasn't trying to see where I landed I know you know no I'm, okay. I'm I'm not conceited I'm convinced I know my I know where I am <laughs> <laughs> that's fine I mean <laughs> I can neither confirm or deny my rankings of my friends. No, 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 no. That's no, the, uh, but the, for real though, the reason why I ask is yeah. because I do know in seriousness, not so much as a ranking, but particularly like, cause I know people on the outside would take that. So I know I've been in situations, not in, not among the three of us, but right. among another group of friends where they found out something another friend already knew. It's like, oh, so you couldn't tell us. I was like, no, it wasn't that. I needed, I needed a certain level of perspective from this person first. Right. 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 And then I bring it to the group. Um, and it's not that I don't. But there are other things that you might bring to me or I will bring to you specifically first. Don't make it a secret. Don't make you less of a friend, more of a friend. But it's like I understand not necessarily the value you have in my life, but I understand what your I understand your capacity and what yeah. you could bring. And if I know I need a very honest and blunt response, I can go to this person first. So if I know I need somebody, if I know I need somebody to validate what I'm thinking. <laughs> It's toxic on, you know, is that may or may not be, right? Yeah. I can I can go to that person. Or if I just need somebody to be a, a a thought partner, a visionary who can get on the phone and we can just cast vision for two, three hours and not be bored with that, right? I know the yeah. different types of people to do that with. And I know some folk can't handle that, right? So to me, uh, while the joke was there, I don't I don't foresee it as a ranking, but also just understanding. And in some cases, you are closer to people than, than other folks, right? That's just, that's a reality as well. But in most cases, for me specifically among my male friends, um, I also know everybody hasn't been on the same journey. 
uh, breaking down societal norms and things like that. Because in this group, like it's common to say, I love you, bro. Yeah. You say that to somebody else, they might not look at you crazy, but they ain't going to know how to respond because they've never had that. They never had it. Exactly. They've never they've never had that. So go ahead. I would even say to that point, um, those people who have those uh, thoughts, sure, those thoughts are laced in entitlement. Mm. Uh, because just because you're my friend, that what doesn't thought mean specifically? The thought of this. Oh, you told this person, but you didn't tell me, uh, and yeah, that was yeah, yeah. news to everybody. No, I. That's what I did. I did not tell you yet, and because it wasn't the time. So the reason you're feeling away is because you feel entitled. And it, it I'm going to say it's okay to feel that way, but not so mm-hmm. much in the sense of entitlement. It's okay to feel like you felt like you should have been privy to that information. Mm-hmm. How you feel mm-hmm. is how you feel. Mm-hmm. But how I react to how you feel is what's the difference. Yeah. Um, you you felt that you should have known. I, I don't agree. And here's the other thing to friendship. Because we don't agree, that doesn't mean that our friendship just dissolves. The real test of friendship is when you can go against each other and have disagreements yeah. and then come back and say, you know what? We can still disagree, but I understand. Right. If we can come to an understanding, a mutual agreement that we understand what this conversation mm-hmm. is, that's a real friendship. Mm-hmm. You can be mad with me, but I know at the end of the day, <laughs> Josh, you done been mad at me before. I you was just mad at me a few months ago. And th- at Thanksgiving, I was. <laughs> yeah, you was mad at me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once you got it off your chest, it was, was all right. I, I, trust me, I felt the I felt the energy <laughs> in them text messages. I felt it. <laughs> uh-huh. But you know what? I love that, too, to even be able to understand what you're like to choose to be emotionally aware enough to know yeah. where your friends are. Ooh, let me not push this button. Or like, let me get mm-hmm. those space, and if this link is too long, let me bring it up, right? Um, because I think that's important, right? As you are friends, there's no need for me to say you're my friend, you're my closest friend, you're my brother, you're my this, you're my that. And right. we can't communicate. We can't express when we're mad, when we're disappointed, or to say, bro, you were wrong, or bro, you need to rethink, or I felt this way about that. And it takes me to this other question that is typical among black men specifically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times when we see our brothers or just, you know, black men, we'd be like, what's good, bro? But like, oh, I can't call it. I'm good. Or it's like, how you being maintaining? And I know sometimes that is common, especially among people you may or may not be close with. But it is a very not to say that I'm an advocate for telling your business. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, for example, one of my frat brothers, uh, I'll say his name. He's been on the podcast. Well, a friend of real life, friend of the pod, Joshua Regis. He hit me up today. He was like, hey, bro, you good? Uh, I was like, I'm fine. I said, I'm, you know, I think I got make out a little stomach virus, but I'm okay. Right. And it was a very honest, like, I didn't have to go into all the details of how the, how the, how the potential virus affected me, but it was a very honest answer. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not blessed to have the favor right now. My stomach hurt. <laughs> exactly. and, and I'm supposed to be taking my family to taco night because we're doing family Valentine's day. Am I going to be able to have the tacos tonight? Right. Like, so like all of this is in my brain. Why I didn't give you all that it's wrapped up in that. So, you know, I guess what would be kind of a two part question. One, how did you because I know I've been that man before, too. Mm-hmm. So how did you get past the barrier of oh I'm good, can't call it or nothing? Um, and what advice would you give someone to break past that barrier of if, you know, really expressing without overly, I ain't gonna say overly emoting, but without like, you know, going to your life story to really expressing yeah. how you feel in the moment? You just got to do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's no. Uh, 
no patterns, no no how-to book on how to express your feelings. You just have to express them. Mm-hmm. So how I got past just saying I'm good, it was a mindset thing for me because yeah. I don't like just saying I'm good anyway. When people say, hey, how you doing? My response is typically like something like I'm excellent or fantastically well or if I am feel, feeling a certain way like stressed, but I'm good. Stress, mm-hmm. but you know, working through it. Um, but I also don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer, and mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing I don't like when you talk to someone or say, Hey, how you doing? and it's always some type of just trying to make it through another week. Like, you always going through, you always struggling. The pervasive, like, what are we doing here? You always like, got something going on, yeah. You always got something going on. Ain't no joy in your life, ain't no happiness, ain't no positivity going on in your life. Those are the those are the kind of things that I, I take issue with. Mm-hmm. And you know what's crazy? I used to mess people up. People be like, Josh, how are you today? And I'd be like, you know, people thought it was sarcastic. And I can see how you can read. I'd be like, well, considering it's only 10 a.m., I don't know yet. Give me, give me, give me a few hours. And I'll, because at some point, because I, because you get into the routine of, especially as a father, Husband, right? All these things. You get into the routine, of doing what you're doing. I don't know that I've sat down and assessed how I am yet. Like I'm okay, I'm good, I'm grateful that I'm alive, but right. I don't, I don't, I haven't really assessed whether, you know, whether th- what that is. So if I give you, so I've, I used to give that, but now I'd be like, you know what, I'm good. You know, hopefully the day keeps me going that way. Um, but no, I think you're right. It is the, it is the mindset to go beyond the typical black man. I'm good. I'm making it, or mm-hmm. can't call it because I can't call it. It's not a great day. Someone exactly. asked me yesterday, Josh, how's your Tuesday been? So it's been a it's been a Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. You know, black folk, we love to define words with words, right? right. Is it cold outside? Well, it ain't cold, cold, but it's cold, cold. right? And we know what that means. So for black people, I like, mean, it's been a Tuesday. So all of that lets me know, oh, you didn't have a day. I have, but I'm good. That was that was work. What's going on, right? Um, so I think I think that is important for us as black men to have spaces with other black men to be mm-hmm. able to talk through the ways in which um, our days are affecting us, the issues of life are impacting us, or either just whether or not we're just happy as all get out, right? right. I, don't, I don't think it's enough of that. I think a lot of times when we talk about these conversations with black men in safe spaces is that it's a safe space to be vulnerable. But sometimes vulnerability is actually the exhibition of joy. Oh, that's mm-hmm. good. I felt yeah, that was... too. Let me. All right, Ocho. <laughs> I got to write Whoa. that down. Ooh, because I don't. Because again, going back, I'll say it again. Let me say it again. Sometimes yeah, vulnerability is the exhibition of joy, right? And I don't know that all the times we have space to authentically emote joyfully, right? Going mm-hmm. back to the example of me and you were at Rocksteady, you know, sexy red singing "Rich Baby Daddy" could be one reaction, but like if you would have saw the joy that hit our face and just that the space to do that. You know, and I know we joke about, you know, we both have wives. We talk about how we sometimes take attention in public spaces. But it's like, this ain't <laughs> this this ain't even about attention-seeking behavior. This is really like, this it is my not. song. This is my right. brother. Ah, right, right. So I think sometimes the vulnerability is, I want to be happy. Right, exactly. And do I always feel safe and secure <clears throat> to be authentically happy in every space, or not every space, but in the space that I'm in, unashamed. Like, I, there's no shame in my joy. And we can even equate that to growing up in church, right? Yeah. I ain't gonna cry and worship. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna dance. Because I, Chris, I think I remember there was a you know time when you didn't you didn't dance in church, right? Oh, um, but he's a dancer now. Oh, but man, but man, the man yeah, he bought. But no, just to see, but, 
well. Just to see the evolution of that. You know, we're not going to go too down deep in that rabbit hole either. But, <laughs> you know, that freedom of joy. So, Brian, yeah. what, what has it been for you specifically <clears throat> when you think through how you crossed over the barrier of, of being surface with your friends? Uh, <clears throat> trust. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. I, I have major trust issues. And I, I can honestly say that I don't trust like nobody. Um, I don't, you know, and oftentimes too, like I've, I feel like, you know, I understand like Will Smith in a sense, like you curated a certain image, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, and I'm not saying it's not your authentic self, but you've curated a certain image to where it's like you going to give this to the world, but like inside you may be different, right? Okay. Um, and it's like certain like layers of of that so the world gets this layer of me but then you know like i have to be comfortable with you to to kind of entrust you to be able to then allow myself to be open to that and not just be surface at a lot of things and of course i've shared things with y'all that i'd never share anybody but you know what I'm saying? but it's, it's like that's that's the trust thing right it's the fact mm-hmm. that like i can trust that i can tell you things even like you know things that you know you may be ashamed of things you may be embarrassed of um, the worst parts of of myself, so it's really as a trust thing. Um, I think it, it is not like it's, it's transactional, but it's also the fact of like you may have shown yourself to be trustworthy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. I can I can trust you because I've, I felt like you've shown yourself to to entrust to trust me. You know what I mean? So I think to answer the question, getting past that surface, that that's the question, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, was really just you know allowing myself to trust. Um, someone which is which is really hard hard for me mm, mm. yeah i would say to that of course trust is um easy to lose and hard to gain mm-hmm. um but you just run that risk but um, off the road it's eternal game <laughs> listen <laughs> um <laughs> it is you just have to put it out there um yeah you, you have to do it in measures yeah. So you you just can't <laughs> go to the deep end and be like, yeah, this is what's going on here. Like, right. no, let's start <laughs> in increments. You know, right. let me see if I can trust you here. Yeah. And let's go from there. And mm-hmm. then it, it just builds that way. Yeah. So, in understanding that, how do we continue to shift the narrative or add? This is a better way of asking this. Add to the narrative that black men need black men in community, right? Um, and that it doesn't have to be centered around sports as much as I love sports, right? All of them. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Go hockey. Um, but it doesn't have to be centered around these traditional male tropes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. Black men can't bond over yeah. fashion, right? Black men can't bond over whatever, right? So how important is it for us to continue to add to the narrative that black male friendship, black male community does not have to be monolithic. It does not have to be homogenous, right? In this in this foundation. I, I think if we can get past like the stereotypes, like you said, the, oh, let's go get a beer and, and watch sports, you know what I'm saying, eat wings. Like, I feel like it's deeper than that. And I think I, know, I love more, some wings. Go ahead. Yeah, I do love wings too. I'm not, I'm a, I, you know, I can go get for 10 piece, right? Lemon pepper uh, wet right now. Um, but I feel like you know, I'm a proponent of like male affection. I feel like that's a necessary thing in in bond in the bonding experience, like hugging your brother and loving your brother, and even affirmations. Right? I think that's that's necessary. There are mm-hmm. certain affirmations that I can get from my brothers that mean completely different than I can get from my wife. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's certain because you, know, you know it's it's a different level of affirmation. So I feel like uh, 
shifting the narrative to make sure that we understand the importance of it and that you know sure. that, that black specifically black men um, is representation is always important right having somebody a mirror that you can see uh, that you can feel that you can touch um, that may not necessarily be exactly like you too so perspective is, is important right mm. uh, even though we're all three black men with children yeah we still have a different perspective Atlanta Memphis Pomona California you know what I'm saying but even still um, you know, we're corporate America kind of. Yeah, we still have different perspective, but we still have community, and I think it's all it's all important, right? And 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 and, and gleaning from from each other to what we can have within those communities, I think is is, is very important. Mm-hmm. Did I answer? Did I answer the question? I think I answered the question. Yeah. 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 yeah sure. Yeah, that satisfied me too. So. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Oh, all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so this this is more of a practicality question uh, for the group. Now that we un- kind of understand, at least in this kind of time frame of conversing about this, um, the barriers to black man friendship, what it means, how we trust, how we do, whatever, whatever, whatever. How do you make, how do you now take all this, right? Because I'm going to say this. I'm talking to two people who are who are some of my longest running friends, right? And I didn't meet y'all until very early adulthood. 18, <laughs> me and Brian. Co- right, yeah. Me and Brian connected. Well, I was like 17 when I came to my house. But we connected almost immediately. A long time ago. Yeah. Me and Chris, it took us about four years, <clears throat> give or take, uh, to really be like friends. Like we, we started off as like enemies. We developed to frenemies. Then we developed to, okay. And then eventually something clicked and we became friends mm-hmm. but even still you're talking about what well, josh should be 13 because me and chris like became friend friends like right before josh was born mm-hmm. we're talking about 13 14 years yeah. give or take me and brian about <laughs> 17 ish years yeah and then mm-hmm. i got a couple other friends from college era so we'll be around that 17 18 year mark as well hey i've been out of high school a long time um long but these time. are my long these are my longest running friends right but i got people from high school and childhood that I know, but we ain't yeah. friends. Yeah. So I say all that to sit up and say, what does this framework now look like as we navigate adult life? And are you open? You know, I know Brian has said this before about his like no new friends policy huh. in the past. Maybe he's changed. Yeah. But are you open, right, to making new friends as an adult? And what does that even look like? I'm open to new friends. Yeah. Um, because new friends open up new doors. Um, I don't know who this new friend is going to be connected to and how I can help that friend or how that friend can help me. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you're my friend doesn't mean that you're in the close quarters. Um, don't get me to preaching because even Jesus had his closest disciples <laughs> at, to the garden with them. They went to a garden, right? Yeah. They went mm-hmm. to a garden? Yeah, they went to a garden, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gethsemane. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Gethsemane. Yeah. Gethsemane, yeah. Keep going. Keep making the point because <laughs> I don't want you to fall off the boat, Reverend. Come on, right, I will fall. Um, but yeah, there's you can be a friend, but that doesn't mean you have to be as close to me. You're sure. as far yeah. as I can reach you. Um, so, what does it look like? It for me, it's happened through Kiana, my wife. Um, I have been in Memphis going on six years now, so I had to establish my own type of life, um, which is a whole nother conversation. So Mm. I have a golf buddy, but that came out from Kiana just being Kiana, like walking around the neighborhood, saw somebody around her age range, start talking. And that 
all of a sudden it was like, hey, our husbands need to meet. And we met, essentially became golf buddies, and here we are. Um, that friendship has led to me meeting someone else um, who's another friend. Uh, I help him out with his podcast from time to time. And that's developed into a friendship. And I don't know what that friendship could develop into. So mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. new no friends, uh, that's not my mantra at all. Because if you can help me get to a different level in life, hey, let's go for it. But again, mm-hmm. just because you're my friend, it doesn't mean that you're in my close quarters or you're uh, in, a, in a closer space. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, and, and my, it actually did change for me. Like when I was definitely no new friends kind of person. Um, but one thing that um, the, the going through the process of joining a fraternity, like you kind of, it kind of opened my eyes to something like you didn't think you wanted, but you need it. You know what I'm saying? Like needed new perspective. Of course, like, you know, they're not taking place of existing friends, but it's sure, like sure. you have a, another brother, another friend, another somebody you can reach out to um, who has a shared experience, right? Um, and to Chris's point, um, that may be able to provide opportunity and space for, you know, assistance in places that I didn't know I needed, right? So mm-hmm. I think all of those things are, are important, I think. So I'm open to, to new friends, um, to the extent in which I avail myself and present myself and, and how open I am, that that's done that depends, right? But I, I'm I'm open to to new friends. Yeah, definitely. What about you? No, I would say the same thing. I would not so I think the frat intensified it for me. Yeah. In terms of what it means to have like new friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I would say that um I think being a my in a past life when I was a college pastor, uh-huh. right, really helped me identify the ways in which I could I needed more. I don't say needed more friends, but I did a lot of reaching out mm-hmm. to other college pastors and other people um, who were in those spaces, and it made me really um, develop friendships and relationships and acquaintances, yeah. right, that I didn't have before. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I joined the frat in the midst of all of that, it opened me up to like, oh, because as you know, Brian, being online, yeah. you meet people. Yeah. And in a short amount of time, you become really close. Yeah. Right. And it's like, if I can be your friend and like, if I can be <laughs> this level of a friend <laughs> in six to eight weeks, eight to 10 <laughs> weeks, whatever that time is, right? Yeah. Then I know I can be open to developing, you know, really having relationship. Yeah. Right. With somebody that can develop more naturally over time. So, yeah. um, I'm definitely open to it for sure. Like it's not, it's nothing, nothing at all that I am would fight against. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. So wrapping up the living room real quick. um, Two questions. What would you say um, has, in what ways rather can brotherhood be our safe space for accountability fun all that different kind of stuff but still be a space for accountability and responsibility like it ain't just a space where we share stories of our past and talk about who we smashed 10 years ago mm-hmm. right um <laughs> right but how can this also be a space for accountability responsibility and um supporting the evolution of our humanity uh, so i think the importance of community and i say like there's like three c's is uh is um uh, don't condemn there's no condemnation uh, you may not necessarily condone, but you, their objective is to correct, right? And we've had conversations where we've all have had conversations specifically where 
we need to go, we, I've been wilding, you know what I'm saying? Or we may come to be like, man, I'm mad about this, blah, blah, blah. And so-and-so did this, this, this. And he'd be like, oh, hmm, okay. Right? It wasn't like, you know, like condemnation. Right? But you, but you also was like, but you can't be doing this, nigga. Like, that's, that's not right. So let's, let's, what can we do to get you back on the right track? And I think sure. that's really the, I think, um, uh, you know, oftentimes people don't see brotherhoods as mature spaces mm-hmm. right they mm-hmm. see it as let's go to the club and turn up and stuff like that where i think true friendship true brotherhood is is the idea of, of wanting to to better right iron mm-hmm. sharpening iron things of that nature mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i think honestly say that us three since we've known each other have progressed in so many levels you know uh, spiritually emotionally financially uh, our family, career-wise, uh, and it's been consistent over time, and we've maintained a certain level of of the community, right? Yeah. And, you know, not condemning, con- condoning, like right, and correcting, uh, but even some things, even within in some of the stuff that's just funny, like you know, uh, stereotypical men stuff. We we do have jokes, we do have fun, we do laugh, um, but we don't allow each other to get too far um, um, outside of ourselves. Uh, and also, we, we, you know, y'all, we, I think we've all done to each other, like, been, like, been cautioned, like, hey, I see you, you doing this, like, chill out, my nigga, like, like, let's, <laughs> let's you know what I'm saying, like, and, and that's yeah. necessary, that's necessary, but it, to add something to that, that's, that's love, right, is to see somebody that you know who can potentially be veering off, uh, you know, affecting destiny and purpose and stuff like that, and be like, hey, um, like, let's, let's, uh, let's get it together. Mm-hmm. So, what'd you say, Joshua? I was just going in and affecting destiny. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how, um, how, many t- how many times were you on that show? What, what episode were you on? <laughs> season three. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> the way that I interpret that question, mm-hmm. I feel it like this. I feel it that you have to just be open and transparent about what you have going on, what you're trying to do, and then putting those, um, ec- putting that extra conversation on there. Like, hey, I'm trying to do this this year. I need you to hold me accountable. Help me. Hey, when I, mm-hmm. I need you to set a deadline for this particular date that I need to check in with you about this issue or this um, yeah. project that I'm working on. Um, so I believe it's just opening up, which goes back to what we talked about earlier, because mm-hmm. I can't help you if you're not open. I can't be the one thing uh, my former pastor said, I can only be the pastor that you allow me to be. So that extends to friendship. I can only mm-hmm. be the friend that you allow me to be. I can't help you if you're not leaning on me to help. I can't sure. I can't build you up if you're not showing me that you're weak. I can't bring you I can't reel you in if you're not showing me that you out there just wilding. So though that's how I would say that um, that accountability is built that um, that friendship is built, that brotherhood is built, mm-hmm. uh, those various nuances are built. I agree because it reminds me of like therapy. Mm-hmm. Like your therapy journey can't be successful if you're not honest, mm-hmm. right? right. That therapist can only be able to help you navigate whatever you're going through through life based on the level of honesty. And with same thing with friends, like if this is gonna be a space of accountability, responsibility, healing, evolution, whatever, whatever, to your point, yeah, like if I, if I don't know your goals, I can't support them. Right. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking for healing in this area, I may not be the therapist. But I can't. I can't. I can't even suggest it. Right. Yeah. Unless I just see you spiraling, of course. But like, if I don't know what's going on, 
because Chris, you said it earlier, you're the strong friend. I think in some cases, I think of myself like that too. Um, I can handle this. I can do this. I'm very independent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if there are many times, if I don't say nothing, nobody will know what I'm going through. I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. It's been a bad day. It's been this. It's been that. Um, and I think that's super, super important. Um, just to be honest, right? That again, that vulnerability to be able to be more transparent, less translucent in the transactions of our friendships. Because um, I don't think trans being transactional is a bad thing. Because the friendships are transactional in a sense, right? We give, we take, right. we. But it, but it has to be. It's the, it's the reciprocity yeah. that makes it relational and not the the one sidedness of it all. As we wrap up, um, to to ha- leave it on a, a a lighter note or funner note, what are some of your favorite examples of black brotherhood across media? Um, you know, so was it Will and, <laughs> and Carlton? Great one. You know. Martin and Martin and Cole and Tommy. Like, what, what's what's your favorite ones? I feel like you were in my notes here because okay. I literally have <laughs> three examples. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, I feel like we have relation or we have similarities to the best man cast. Mm. Um, I've always said Brian kind of <laughs> reminds me of merch mm-hmm. in the sense that Brian is very chill. <laughs> He's very relaxed, but as we saw in final chapters, he's got this wild, aggressive side of him that's ready mm-hmm. to fight. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. That's Brian. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when I say these uh, similarities, just know that it's very surface level. It's not mm-hmm. like the exact um, mm-hmm. yeah. characteristics. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I would say Josh is like the non-toxic version of Harper. Um, okay. In the sense that <laughs> similar career path. Um but I also don't see Josh being like this manipulator, if you will. I don't think mm-hmm. he he's high on himself, but he's mm-hmm. not arrogant. Mm-hmm. Hold on. <laughs> 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 he's extremely confident. Say but, what you um, need to say. Say what you need to say. <laughs> yeah. He's the non-toxic version of Harper with more confidence. Uh, yeah. That's funny. That's, that, that, that'll be accurate. Okay. Um, I feel like I would be Quentin, not just because he's light skinned, uh, but because I feel like I was always the one in the group that would never get married. I feel like that was mm. the the label mm. on me. I also felt like I also feel that the similarities with me and Quentin is that you know while we're very surface level, there are times where we have those moments of inflection and we can actually give. Um, some perspective that could potentially change the trajectory of your life. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I just said, Josh is arrogant. Jesus. <laughs> um, and then I broke it down. I said, individually, um, I feel like me and Brian are like Will and Carlton. Like, not so much in the sense that one of us is a, uh, like a nerdy or preppy kind of guy, mm-hmm. uh, but just in their their type of friendship um, and how they present um, their cousins, but they are brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I said that me and Josh would be like Martin and Tommy. I feel like I... I got a job. I got a job too. So <laughs> <laughs> again, I got two, three jobs. <laughs> Same. Uh, Same. Listen... Uh, but I just feel like you're the loud one. You're the louder one. Oh, so I'm Martin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm Tommy. I'm the one. 
The funny thing is, Brian is the one with the Tommy laugh, though. That's the thing. Because Brian will, he will laugh. I, I mean, a laugh. whole belting of a laugh. Um, but I actually wrote that down, and because I wrote down Boomerang, uh, I saw Boomerang last night. That's my that's my comfort movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a great display of friendship in the mm-hmm. beginning, in the middle, not so much the end. Because <laughs> I I ain't been with none of my friends' uh, partners in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's what sticks out to me. Um, the best man cast: Martin, Tommy. Um, who else I say? Will Carlton, um, Will and Carlton, and the Boomerang cast members. Uh, I think another, another group is the Wood cast with the Wood characters. Such a great group too. Yeah, like, I need to go rewatch that. Evo- evolution, that um, but also like during the day of the wedding, they like held. They they were friends, but they also gave like uh, I can't remember all, uh, Tay Diggs' character's name, but they gave him like. Like nigga, do you want to do this or not? It was kind of like on mm-hmm. something like if mm-hmm. you don't want to do this, like let the girl know we 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 still gonna support you, we still gonna love you. We gonna do our own thing, but like this, you can't do this, right? You can't yeah. Yeah. be this guy. Um, so it was the love, it was the accountability, but it's also the maturity from you know. Of course, they were teenagers, but seeing that friendship grow and mature um, over time, I think it was a great representation of a friendship, brother. And they all came from different backgrounds in a sense, right? Um and but they all wanted to see each other to win in in life so that was a, a beautiful a beautiful thing to see. Two of my favorite examples, not necessarily say that it was reflective of us and our friendship, but of course come from my two favorite shows. And I think um, what makes them so profound to me is the the dichotomy that rests mm-hmm. on each side of it. So Overton and Kyle, mm-hmm. and then Dwayne and Ron, right? Mm-hmm. Totally different people. But and so especially with Dwayne, right? He would definitely in many times <laughs> discount Ron or who he was. But I think there were so many moments where he realized, like, oh shoot, like that level of ingenuity or that level of whatever is yeah. necessary in life. I need to, I should be more this and I should be more that. And even with Kyle and Overton, growing up in the same city, both moving to the big city, but Overton still being very rooted in all things Ohio, right? Mm-hmm. And Kyle really embracing the New York, the, the the prim and proper things, but being that balance, I think that's what I want, the balancing act for each other. Yeah. So even where there was disagreement or tension, they were able to really um, show that opposites do attract in a sense, right? And it worked. It worked. So you don't always have to be identical to be friends. And they were, these right. two, two examples were the best of friends, right? Um, and while they had their challenges, they often worked through them, so. Um, absolutely. So anything y'all want to add before we move on to Pockets of Joy? We're brothers. We're happy and we're singing and we're colored. Give me a high five. Cut what can quit. a brother do for me? So, Pockets of Joy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Brian, you ready to go there? All right, let's do it. Let's do it. You couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. You could never ever bring me down. Couldn't do it, Jesus. We are here at our segment where we talk about pockets of joy. This is the things that we do intentionally to yes. bring us joy. So it could be something you're doing currently, something you're planning on doing, or just a routine that you are maintaining. Uh, and we'll start with you, Chris. Pockets of joy. My wife has Galentine's on Sunday, so I will be with my son. Uh, we'll probably have a 
daddy Sunday. Uh, I might be able to just push them on over to the grandparents and um, have me a free day. Uh, that's probably the one I would. You know what? I think that's what I'm going to do because I'm inspired by you all's cousin, your your friend in real life, your friend in, on the podcast, uh, Miss Jack- Jacqueline Rogers. Um, so I'm going to be inspired by her on this week. So it's FDK um, mm. for me on this weekend. So I will make sure that I will uh, take myself somewhere and show myself some appreciation, pat nice. myself on the back okay. because 2024 has been off to a really decent start. Um, mm-hmm. If I say so myself, so I'm gonna pat myself on the back and take myself out. All awesome right. sauce, mm-hmm. Joshua. Um, retail therapy. I haven't been shopping mm. since Christmas, mm. and I, I, pride, <laughs> I pride myself on that. Um, yeah. And while we are kind of like saving money because we just bought Usher tickets and we're taking our kids to the DR in like three weeks, um, you know, spring is coming. It is. And I need a new wardrobe. I don't need a new wardrobe. I just need some new pieces. I've got some really nice yes, staple pieces, pieces for the fall and the winter. And now it's time to do the same thing for my spring wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Um, my body's changing and developing. I got muscles I ain't never had before. So, you know, I'm going to do that. Yeah. What did it say on And that brings me joy. It's a, it's a by body. the outfit, the, yep. the, the occasion and the event will find you. And I, a mantra, a lifestyle. Yeah, I love Brian, that. <laughs> um, just a quick update. Remember, I was talking about a weight loss journey. I am down thirty pounds, ladies and gentlemen. So I lost thirty pounds. Okay, I'm... Al Roker, we see you, <laughs> Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> uh, and I'm at my I'm at my goal weight, uh, and we are good there. So that's mm-hmm. a, a plus. Some health challenges that I had before, I'd have no more anymore. You know, I can testify about that. God is great. He is a healer. He was a bomb in Gilead. A bomb in Gwinnett County. He is. Um, the medicine pos- used in the Bible days. What I buy? I'm um, just glad we're not singing You're Healed at Your Funeral. Hello. Uh, pockets of Joy. Um, Brooklyn <laughs> is, is starting T-ball this Saturday. Okay. So, Come on, Monet Davis. Usually it's like a personal, like, Pockets of Joy is like kind of what I'm doing for myself. But I feel like this is going to be a funny and frustrating Saturday morning because uh, she has – T-ball, then immediately after T-ball is ballet. So, um, and I think Lauren has like chapter meetings, so it's going to be just me and Brooke, I think, this weekend. Prepare your mind now. Yeah. Prepare your mind. Well, the other day, I actually went and bought her all her stuff. I bought her the bat. I took her shopping. Um, now, I also understand why parents used to be like, nigga, don't come in this store asking for stuff. And <laughs> because we went touching everything, asking for everything. Like, girl, we're here to get uh, a helmet, some oh, clothes if they have them. She was touching everything, but uh, we got her stuff. So I'm looking forward to her starting T-ball. Um, I think, you know, having kids in sports, Josh, you know, is a, is a, is a kind of like a rite of passage as a parent. So I'm oh, looking no. forward to seeing her. Uh, we, we tried soccer before. Didn't work. So we'll see if T-ball is the thing that she sticks to. We did me about no kids in sports. Football yeah. registration is March 1st. It's well, almost $400. Mm. Um, anyway. The writer Jake's will bring us a letter. <laughs> Let's see. But you uh, just made, made me upset thinking about these sports <laughs> registrations. <laughs> it's gonna pay off. It's gonna pay off on draft I suppo- night. I suppose. Right. Uh, I, saw yeah, them, we, I saw them parents crying in the beginning of that Super Bowl. I was like, I want to. I want to cry like that too. <laughs> Listen, be in the skybox um, next to Beyonce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By, by that time, the blue eye would be like the star. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, we have a letter. All right. Let's get into it. All right, let's go. Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Bozeman. Wait, wait, hey, 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 Mr. Bozeman. Mr. Bozeman. Mr. 
right, color people, we are back at the post office box, and we are um, Rodney Jenkins did what he always does is bring us our letter on time. Before we get into that letter, I want to let you know that I'm you too you can be a. <laughs> Sorry, I got a four-page letter. Um, I want to let you know that you too can be a part of the Jigsaw podcast by writing into ask at the Jigsaw. That's A S K the Jigsaw at gmail.com. We will do a few things. If we like your letter, we will read it out loud, and then we're going to give you a pseudonym because we respect your pronouns and your privacy. And then we're going to give you the best non-professional therapeutic advice that you can receive on Cicely Tyson's internet. So, with that being said, understood, and accepted, Brian. Who do we have and what do they want? All right. Pronouns. She, her. I'm going to let Chris do it. Her. <laughs> that's that's her name. Like the one that was performing at halftime. Yeah. Oh, her. Like the this one that her. God made with his own hands. Okay. Jesus. All right. All right. Well, her. Are we using her real name or, or just saying her? I mean, Chris said her. So let's oh, go with it. Oh, that is a pronoun and that's her name. We're going to give mm-hmm. her another name. Okay. Gabriella Wilson, that's her real name. Nah, okay. I, I got you one. Um, it's Black History Month. <laughs> let's go Thelma from Good Times. Thelma. Thelma's Black. That's a good one. That's a good one. Bernard, shout out to Bernadette Stannis. Um, Thelma writes, hey, guys, happy new year. I haven't talked to y'all, so it's not too late to say it, LOL. Um, I was struggling at my job. I've been there for five years and have been passed over for promotion for the last couple of years. I decided to step out and enter the job market. In less than three months, I landed a dream job with a significant pay increase and remote options. When I went in to put my two-week notice before I could get a word out, my supervisor told me that I was being promoted. The new role does not equal the offer of the new job, but it is a nice increase as well. I would not have to start over and could keep building where I am. However, the new role is very lucrative and has great potential for growth. I'm stuck. What should I do? Should I follow through with a new role and accept the promotion I have been accept the promotion I have been putting in time to work for? P.S. My current job still does not know about my pending offer, but I have I only have so much time to leave the new job waiting. Love y'all and the show, Thelma. Leave. Yeah, I, that's easy. I yeah. mean, you know how many jobs I leave. Girl, leave. <laughs> I just want Thelma to tap into her resources, um, be it the Instagrams, uh, podcast interviews, whatever. There's a saying that's out there that yesterday's price ain't today's price. Right. And just because they gave you a promotion, it still ain't equaling up to what you want. Yeah. So it's time to go. A lot of people are scared to leave their comfort zone. A lot of people are scared to start over because... Of, because of what the change is, because of mm-hmm. what's new, mm-hmm. you gotta get out them feelings. You gotta, you gotta look out for you. Don't forget, these jobs ain't gonna look out for you. Pick up your ooh. Listen, you mm-hmm. pick up them bags. Pick up your, pack pick that up your brown box. Mm. Walk yourself out and, and move on. the The best thing you can do is leave on good terms. Because yeah. if you don't work out at this other job, you can come back. I, I would say just go to another job altogether if this don't work out. Yeah, but at least you have the option. Well, you know, I ain't about burning bridges, but I ain't never wanted a job I want to come back to except the one I'm currently in. Right. So, my my petty advice would be to accept the promotion, get about a week's worth of that new pay, and then put your two week notice in, <laughs> so you can feel what you've been deserving. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> feel what you've been deserving. Tell your job you need about three. Tell your new job you need about three weeks to a month to settle some things. Feel that new pay. Put your mm-hmm. two weeks in. Get your get all of your vacation, but get about at least one check on that new that new paper. Mm-hmm. Do that. See, see what your barons like. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would definitely say leave as a person who who wasted. I'm gonna say wasted. Um, you know, that spent a lot of time in a in an organization where I probably sure. could have could have left. I will say that God orchestrated it perfectly to where it set me up where I am now. But within that, like, uh, I would say leave. The, uh, what, this opera is. What did you say? What organization are you talking about? Where'd you Just, leave? Where'd There's leave? a lot of organizations that I know that you've been a part of. <laughs> Primary. I got you. I yeah. got you. I thought uh, you were talking about coaching. Oh, I'm still there. He ain't left there either. I ain't left there. <laughs> we'll see what the Lord has in store for me. We'll see what's happening in the near future or the, sometime in the future. We'll see what happens. I'm, you know, whatever the Lord wants to do. Um, but yeah, I, I, um, it set me up for where I am today. We are golden. Uh, so I would say leave the job. Uh, and, and the new opportunity is going to be, it's, a, it's more money. It's, it's probably a promotion in terms of where you were. Um, and you can grow from there. And the great, the thing is when it's the growth opportunities are going to be higher at the new place than it would probably be at the old place. Cause the respect level is going to be different. I've seen that currently. I'm at a brand new company, a bigger firm. And the level of respect I've gotten at this new firm is much higher than it was at my old firm that I was there for like 15 plus years. Sometimes you got to leave to figure out your full worth. Yeah. And yeah. Some, the biggest promotions that I've always received has always been when I left a company, not when I stayed and got promoted. Yeah. Those raises have never equal to no, the new coin not and all. promotion and title and blah, 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 blah. blah. So yeah, not that's all. my advice. Let us know how it works out, Thelma. No, Louise. Or say Thelma as in, as would, uh, JJ would say, Thelma. Um, mm-hmm. niggas. <laughs> All right. So uh, where the conversation we go? Let's get to it. All right. Let me talk. Let me talk. All right. Puzzle pieces. We were here at a great conversation. This is where we get some things off of our chest. Josh and I say it every single week. Tomorrow, one, tomorrow's not promised. So take your PTO today. But also, tomorrow's not promised. So cuss those folks out today. So this, we're going to get some things off our chest. Chris, do you want to get something off your chest right now? Or do you, you know. Are you choosing joy? Are you choosing joy? Yeah. I'm choosing joy for right now. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, real quick, Azalea Banks and her acne. She always decides to get on the internet and mess things up. So we told y'all Beyonce Giselle knows Carter got on the internet, her daughter's internet, Blue Ivy's internet, or Cicely Tyson's internet, whatever one you want to decide to go with on that day. She got on there and released these two songs, Texas Hold'em and 16 Characters. And Azalea Banks decides to get on there and talk about this thing, you ain't doing it right, them R&B runs don't do this, shout out to K. Michelle, show her how to do this. Shut up. That's why you're poor now. You're the poor celebrity that we know. You, when, when misery sits in a space like that, it just festers and becomes nasty. That's why your skin likely won't clear up because you're miserable and you're a nasty human being. We've seen it with Boosie. Boosie is nasty on the inside. So what happens? It manifests itself on the outside. Mm-hmm. And Azalea, I want you to be healed, sweet daughter. I want you to be healed. Go to therapy. Maybe get some a psychologist and get some medication too because I think there are some things happening there as well. But whatever it is, I want you to handle it. Beyonce ain't going to give us traditional country music. She didn't give us traditional dance, right? It is her right. interpretation, her interpolation of what this is. And I want you to really understand some of the challenges and the battles that you are facing within that are allowing you to project all these negative things. And I'm not just doing this for Beyonce, right? You've done this across the gamut for other celebrities. And I'm, and I'm really sick and tired of you always popping up. You don't pop up enough for you me to really care. But I was in the TikTok world, you know, Beyonce hit my algorithm hard. <laughs> so you came up. So all I'm really saying is that people, you and people like you, who are always saying, well, why Beyonce want to do country? Beyonce's Beyonce. Mm-hmm. 
And at this point, the woman of God, to Brian's point, said if she want to do gospel, she want to do whatever she want to do, she's going to do it. Let this woman explore musically the things and the genres that she want to explore. If the music is good, then we're going to celebrate. If the music is bad, then we're going to critique it. And for all of us who are in delusion and just going to like it because of Beyonce, we're going to do it too. I didn't really care for 7-Eleven. Right, but uh, uh, snap in the air. But, but and I'm able to say that, but it didn't make me love Beyonce any less. Right, Lemonade was my least favorite album. Right, but I don't love Beyonce any less. So the same thing with this. If Renaissance Two is a country album that we ultimately don't fully enjoy, then that's what it. Is. But for right now, we Texas holding them and we riding our 16 carriages. And for you, sis, if you want to be in that, get in your 96 Honda Accord and drive on into the sunset. But until then, be quiet, sis. That's it, Brian. Um, on that same line, um, these folks in Black History Month that are, are these Caucasian people who are in Black History Month are the now, whites. Are, are, are gentrifying, <laughs> are gentrifying, um, Texas. Hold it. Here it goes. Here it goes. Here it goes. Let's just listen to it. You know okay. what that reminds me of? Bought me a Cadillac, Cadillac car. Got me a Cadillac, <laughs> yes. Cadillac, Cadillac. It's just like that. Like, stop. Got me a Cadillac car. Stop. Like, we, we, it's just, you know, Look if you're going to do it way too much. I'm a star. <laughs> so bad. So yeah. bad. So let's not do that, um, please. Um, and, and thank you, um, other than that, I'm choosing Joe, but let's not let's not gentrify Beyonce. Come on, light skin huncho. I think I have one. My great conversation is for Usher Raymond the Fourth. Okay. Oh, okay. Let me see. Okay. That album. Don't you dare. I know where I know where you're going. Don't you dare ever have this kind of build up for an album. And this album is trash. I almost said another word. <laughs> <Ass> <laughs> this, album, this album is terrible. Um, I, I, I know where he was going. He shouldn't have went there. He didn't though. get there. He didn't get there. <sighs> he the turned the GPS called, so. The album is called Homecoming or Coming Home. It Listen. Stay where you, stay where you were. But, stay. He ain't made it back to the house. Uh, the album cover is dope with the peach in the back. Um, he has like three or four songs that I the like. The singles he already food. released. The singles that he's already released and two other songs. Because this good, dude good. made a song about McDonald's, and he never chose the small fry. He always got the big. So I just want Usher Raymond to go back to that fountain of youth, if you can find it, and figure out what formula was working for you. Because this isn't working for me right now, and it just <laughs> does not hit. Which it sucks that they have been teasing like him and JD in the studios, Confessions Three, like all this. To your point, the buildup. We were waiting for. We were rooting for you. We we were, and you gave us this amazing performance. Probably one of the top three performances of all time, and fell flat. I think what makes Balance. it worse is like I already had low expectations, mm-hmm. but they, but I got some. I got. I was sinking. <laughs> I was tight tribute listening to this album, <laughs> listening to Usher sinking, sinking so deep in sin. Like, yeah, Usher. What a time to be alive! What a time! What a shout out fresh, shout out fresh. What an album! Minister to me. All right. That being said, on the next episode, it's been another episode of the GXR podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining in and listening. Um, 
Chris, how can the people follow you, keep up with you, and everything that you got going on? Thank you all for um, having me on. Uh, yes. You can find me on Instagram at Real Chris Moore. Mm -hmm. Real Chris Moore. Is it um, R E A A L? Yes, I mm -hmm. kept the spelling the same. Because you know say some people. Truthful. Some people. Yeah, I don't do all the extra stuff. I, I, I do extra, but that ain't me. Um, you can look for me, or you can find me on Twitter slash X Chris D underscore more. Um, that's about it. If you want to look at look up uh, Facebook, I'm Christopher D Moore. Uh, the D stands for. I'm gonna say you want to tell people what the D is for. The D is the D. All right. Well, that's Valentine's Day, uh, Brian. <laughs> Oh, follow us on all the things uh, on uh, the Jigsaw Podcast. Uh, um, I am Josh Rogers. I am Brian Hare. Um, we want every thing you can think of as far as a, every platform for the podcast. Um, if you have any questions, ask the Jigsaw gmail.com. Uh, please continue to engage, uh, interact with anything that our wonderful team, Chris Jazz, uh, put on our social media platforms. If you have any questions about the show or you want to let us know about an episode you want, hit us in the DM, uh, slide on in there, and we will or may not, you know, uh, have it as an idea for the show. We definitely love to hear what you have to say. Yeah. If you want to rate us five stars or nothing at all, leave a comment, let us know how great we are. We understand that we would be great without you, but we're greater with you, and we do appreciate everything you do and all your support. Joshua, before we head out, can you let the people know what they need to do? Yes. Again, thank our brother Chris for joining. But since this is a brotherhood episode, <clears throat> yes. Keep smiling, nigga. Keep shining, knowing you can always count. Thanks on for having me, me guys. It's like you can leave. It's okay for sure. For sure. <laughs> That's what friends are for. When? Through good times uh -huh. and bad times, I'll be it's on your time. side forevermore. Ooh, that's thank you, Dion. What friends are for? God bless y'all. See y'all next week. Peace. Happy Black History Month. <laughs>